Hello and welcome to tonight's episode of Paropod, episode 67. We're back again with your hosts, Mark and On. What's up, what's up? How's your week been, On? Week's been pretty good, actually. Pretty pretty chill. Good vibes. Good vibes all around. Relaxed. Relaxed to the max. That's all you could want. You know? That's all you want. Off to London next week. Yeah, that's a big one. On your hollybops. On my hollybops. On the holiday season. The goal is to not get COVID before the, before going away. <laughs> the singular goal. Yeah. Hopefully that can be accomplished. It's nearly a year now since we're... Maybe I think our immunity is worn off, mm. you know. Even the vaccine thing, you see you kind of have to get another vaccine, yeah. a booster and stuff like that. Fuck that. Shocking. Shocking stuff. <laughs> I think I have... I, I mind what? Two, three months ago now, so I think it's worn off. It's not worn off, but it's at like... 80% it's, or something like that. It's reduced, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mad. It is mad. It's a pain in the hole is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of bollocks. I don't want to be getting, you know, needles every few months. I was dying every single time I got that vaccine. I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted that to be next year's problem, but that's going to be, that could be coming up to my problem soon. <laughs> yeah, soon enough. Ah, sure luck. Well, you have to get another um, a test when you come back. I don't know. Sure, look. I don't think so because between England and Ireland, you don't, I don't think you have to do anything. Oh, right, really? No PCR test or anything. Yeah, yeah. That's handy. That doesn't really make any sense, though, because they're like <laughs> way worse than us, aren't they? Yeah. I, I might end up getting COVID when I'm over there, but. Well, that's, you know, that's a problem for fu- future yeah, years. That's future me problem. <laughs> Once I'm there, I don't care. Then you can blame the Brits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. I have no idea what we're going to do when we're over there, but. Uh, London's a big place. Big place. London is massive. I've never been, but I'd love to go. It's very nice. It was there. That was the last. 2019 I was there mm, very good saw a show on Broadway and all. saw Hamilton when I was over there Broadway mm. or um, Broadway West End, West End yeah. yeah 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 that's class There's, there doesn't seem to be anything on now though except for like Wicked which is always on that's constantly on yeah. that, I think that's I think that just constantly runs mm, yeah who, who wrote that no idea <laughs> no idea <laughs> who knows someone, doesn't really matter someone wrote it it's just Wicked this is wicked. It's just wicked. It's the wicked witch of the east, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty good. I I, I haven't been doing much myself now. Um, fuck all. Fuck all. Fuck all. It's nothing really to be doing. There's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's very true. It's the work and life, you know. Yeah, it's the work and life. Yeah, but on nights it's so hard. It's so it's actually not hard at all. No. Because I sleep during the day. See, I have the worst sleeping pattern of all time at the moment. I sleep from ten a.m. to six. Oy. But I wake up. Uh, I can sleep as long as I want, you know, mm. but every time, no matter how long I sleep, I wake up and I have like black, like it's not even dark, black circles under my eyes. Like it's just, it's just the, the circadian rhythm of my body is <laughs> yeah. completely collapsed, absolutely collapsed, but it'll get back to normal now and I'm on mornings now for a while. So, so that'd be good, you know? Time's not real, bro. Time's not real. You just, uh, don't, just don't believe in it. Just mm. don't believe in just it. Just don't believe in it. But the nine to five, non-existence. Yeah, I, I refuse to uh, observe that. Nine to five, man. What yeah. a that's the worst thing that capitalism has ever done. It's done a lot of bad things, a lot of awful things. Yeah, yeah. That's up there though. <laughs> it should be nine to four. Nine to four. Nine to three. How about ten to three? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, five <laughs> yeah. hours. Five. That's hours. the logical next step, you know, because it used to be nine hour days. Oh no, it is nine hour days, but it used to be like twelve hour days. Yeah. And stuff. But you had to sleep whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine being back in the day, like way back when you didn't have to get up in the morning to work. And you just, not even if you're like, I'm not even talking about being a farmer or anything, like way back scavenging and hunting, whatever. Yeah. If you were tired, you just slept. Yeah, you just slept. And then you woke up and you just went about whatever you're doing. Even back in like medieval times, 
like that was a big problem for like the the, the lords and stuff I remember I was reading about it, I think the e- the EP Thompson mm. uh, article he wrote about time and capitalism and stuff like that. Now back before you had like work discipline, like capitalist work discipline, uh, it was a big problem for lords and like the owners of lands because their serfs would like would uh, measure work in terms of days. Like oh, that's a day's work, but a day's work could be like you know milking the cows. Like they milk the cows for an hour and then they go for like a nap. Yeah, you know that's a day's work. They measured it in that that kind of sense where mm. they included breaks. Where the break was the main part of the day. We should go back to that. Should be. You know? Yeah. But sure, look. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> That's not the world we live in anymore. <laughs> yeah. You see Barbados became a republic? No. Did not see that. It deposed the queen there yesterday. Yup, the boys. Very good to see. Very good to see. Shout out to the lads. Shout out to the lads. Mia Motley, she's the the PM, I think, of Barbados. She mm. spoke very well. I was, I was watching her on the news there, there today. Very, very good. Because Sky News, the BBC, mm. the way they're covering it. They were raging. They're raging. Low-key racist the mm. way they're covering it. I would imagine so. Yeah, because they're kind of like, oh, Barbados goes out on its own. But at what cost? Will the savages be able to handle yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Will they actually be able to handle it? Like, they're, they are from Barbados, yeah. you know? It's like, it's like scumbags. Scum. Absolute scumbags. Absolutely. I was looking at, actually, I, saw, I was looking at this Instagram post that was, now, this is where I'm getting my news from, so don't... <laughs> You know, don't do the graphic complex. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't don't take everything. Take everything I say with a pinch of salt. But is there the Greslin Maxwell? Are talking about? Oh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the the articles? Not the article. The the flight book. The black yeah, the black book. Have you ever seen black? You ever see the names that are in it? Some of them, yeah. Oh, Man. Yeah, it's like Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, and. Um, People like that. Bill you know? Murray's on it. Jim Carrey. Man, I I saw I saw the like the the post whatever, and I scrolled across and I saw the list of names. And I was like, I guarantee you, Jim Carrey's on this list. And lo and behold, he was. Charlie Sheen's on it. Like the post. Of course, Charlie Sheen's on it. The post. Fair. The post is like not everyone in this list was there doing awful deeds, but some of them were, and we well, don't know which ones they which ones were and which ones weren't. Yeah, guaranteed that some of them were. Donald Trump's on that as well. Yeah. I saw some. Uh, All the Afflicks are on it. Oh, the Affleck. Yeah. Casey, Ben, they're all there. Oh, God. Ben. How could Ben do that? Like, How could he do that to us? <laughs> yeah. But, like, they use it as an excuse, like, oh, um, yeah, I was on his plane, but, like, it was only because the plane was there and he mm. offered it to me and stuff like that. It's like, come on. Mm. You're rich enough. You have your own plane. You can get, you can, you can buy a fucking ticket to wherever in the world. You can buy a Ryanair flight. Come on. You can buy a Ryanair plane. Like, I've seen know? Killian Murphy on a Ryanair flight. You can fucking handle that. What, have you? Yeah, Killian Murphy's on my flight before to France. Oh, that's yeah, he's, gas. Just, he's just chilling there with his family. And, and the then, economy, like... Yeah, yeah, sitting there. That's class. And then we went, then we got onto the plane and you pulled out the, the magazine front cover of Killian Murphy Peaky Blinders that's and he's class. on the flight. Like, yeah, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> and like. no, no one went up to him or anything. I was just like, there's Killian Murphy. Everyone was just there like, oh shit, there he is. So He's a king, though. I saw Robbie Keane as well before a flight. Robbie Keane, dude, yeah. was he? He was. Oh man, he was in priority. He was like behind Ryan Air priority or something. Was like, <laughs> I think it was Air Lingus because uh, <laughs> we were sitting waiting to get on, and then like my dad was standing up, and he's just wherever we were sitting, we we're like sitting beside this like glass uh, room is kind of behind us, yeah. kind of side VIP kind of area to get in. And my dad was just standing there. He's like, oh, there's Robbie Keane. And I just turned around. I was like, oh, shit, there he is. <laughs> there he is. He's always popping up in strange places, that guy. He's a strange one, though. Yeah. I think it's Robbie Keane. I think it's Robbie Keane. I, um, because I used to do, um, elfing, as you know. 
Oh yeah, I yeah. used to do elfing <laughs> for uh, for Santa and uh, dressing up as an elf, dressing up as an elf, grotto. and also being um, Prince Charming as well. I had to do that one year, and Robin Hood was another year. But um, they also did. I love how there's a verb for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> elfing. It's hardcore, man. It's a elfing. Pe- Is there like a union and stuff? Oh man, I wish there was, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's good pay but fuck me it's so repetitive yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not you're just sitting there listening to him talk Santa's just whacking all the same words to everyone but um, <laughs> you've seen behind the curtain oh man this a fraud it's a but uh, there was there, like during Halloween they also did the place that I worked for they also did a Halloween one which you stand out in the it's out in Malahide and you walk around the the castle grounds and there I was dressed up as a big black cat <laughs> <laughs> ready to vibe ready to fucking terrify and um this these two kids came running came running up and they were like by themselves which is unusual because it was like a halloween group so normally they come around together and i didn't have my glasses on and uh but i like i was like talking to kids whatever speeding my shy whatever my lines were and then um one of the characters that was before me after this this family went to be uh comes up to me he's like did you see Robbie Keane? I was like, nope. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't. I don't have my glasses on, so I didn't. <laughs> Did you see Robbie Keane? No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was too prioritized with the kids. I couldn't see Robbie Keane at all. You're too much of a professional. Oh like, yeah, you know? too, way too much of a professional. Yeah, too professional. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and his um, I was on his on his wife's uh, Instagram story, and she's got like hot, like you were on her on her Instagram story, story two hundred, three hundred thousand followers. What? <laughs> Who's his wife? I can't remember her name, but she's also she's also famous. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like Brian O'Driscoll, Amy Huberman kind of thing. Yeah, no. For a second there, you had me thinking it was Brian O'Driscoll, but no, it was Robbie Keane, because yeah. Robbie Keane lives up in Malahide. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah he yeah. lives in some one of those fancy estates. That's gas. And then, for, and then that same Christmas then, Robbie Keane wasn't there, but the the wife and the kids came in again, mm. and that was when it was Prince Charming. And then, lo and behold, Christmas last year, she stuck up a fucking Instagram memory and there I was again, <laughs> up again, <laughs> on the story, once again, and people started sending it to me, I was like, fuck's sake. That's gas, <laughs> that is gas. Yeah, uh, good crack, though. Yeah, that's insane, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, there you go, I've seen Robbie Keane like three times. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen him, yeah. We'll get him on one of the days. Mm. I wonder what his favourite movie is. Probably like Green Street. Goal or something. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> is Ben like back on my film? Yeah, Ben yeah. like Beckham, yeah. That's his favorite film. Yeah, ever see that that clip from from I've never seen Ben like Beckham, but ever see the yeah. clip where it's like uh, cuz it's about, you know, like a girl trying to get into soccer and she's Indian and stuff. I quite literally have no idea what Ben like Beckham is about. It's something about girls getting into soccer mm. and she's Indian. It's like it's something about racism and stuff. And there's one of the characters is Josh Hartnett, uh like the white American guy, and he's in it. He's like uh and they're talking the the scene is about like the difficulty she she experiences as like an Indian girl trying mm-hmm. to get into soccer. He's like, my ancestors were Irish. I understand racism. I like, <laughs> I know what you're feeling. You know. Oh, I think I have seen that <laughs> clip. Yeah, 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 I've seen that clip. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, well, Robbie knows himself. You know, tired of getting into soccer as an Irish lad. You know, is that film coming to two thousands? 2000, yeah, I think yeah, 2002 yeah, or something. That like. is a pure 2000s notion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, God. Yeah. What you been watching? Uh, I had a look at the new Beatles documentary. Oh, the Beatles. Which, which, which landed on Disney+. Plus. For some reason, landed on Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure if Disney now own the Beatles uh, 
properties and all that stuff. I would assume that they do. I would assume that they do. Or there's something if going you're on gonna there. P- if I was a betting man, I'd gamble on that. Yeah, stick it all on. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it's uh, Peter Jackson's new film as well. Peter Jackson who made Lord of the Rings and all that all that stuff. The Hobbit. Mad. For some reason, he's decided to do a, uh, a film about four shaggy young fellows on a, uh, he's been on on like, a journey. Again. He's been on a documentary, but as though, because he didn't have that... That World War One, one. <laughs> no. What the fuck was it called? Like they will not be forgotten or something like that. It was like restored, something like that. I remember BBC making a big fucking woo-ha about it a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, he might be. He's probably retired. He's just like fiddling around with what what he can. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine documentary filmmaking like that is just fucking around with footage. Yeah, yeah. Because there was something like because the, the it's called Get Back. I think I'm pretty sure it's called Get Back. Yeah. Because it's about the. The uh, recording of "Let It Be," which was uh, the name of the album and also the original documentary, which "Get Back" is kind of about, mm-hmm. which is very weird. It's like about it's a documentary about a documentary about an album, which Meta. wasn't an album <laughs> because it was a live album originally. It's, oh, so many layers! There's so many layers, man. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it to be honest, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it starts out like there's like a, like an intertitle and uh, it's like there was 300 hours of footage or something like that because <laughs> they were just constantly recording and. Um, in the studio and it wasn't even a studio it was a warehouse because the idea the original idea it was like uh, 1969 and they're all you know they're the Beatles they're like oh like they hate each other like mm. low key like kind of passive aggressive they're kind of drifting apart and they have an idea to do a, a live album and then to do a show um, like a live show which because they, 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 they quit live shows in 66 I believe yeah for various reasons, one of them was the one of them I actually didn't know about. Kind of cool history. They they went out out to the the Philippines, out to Manila, and uh, there used to be a dictatorship out in Manila, the Marcos regime. Um, I've not in, heard of it. Back in the middle, the middle part of the twentieth century, and they were complete crooks. Like just like they were elected, but like they're complete like kind of military regime kind of yeah. thing. And uh, the Beatles had like played this. I think it was the biggest crowd they ever played in front of in front of. <clears throat> It was this huge kind of like a like a auditorium kind of thing. There was like ninety thousand people there, and they made like they made a killing. Mm. Um, and when they tried to leave, the Marcos dictatorship stepped in and was like, "You can't leave unless you give us all your earnings." And they were like, they were like scrapping at the airport, like the Beatles and like the security guards and stuff like that. Fuck you! So they, they, yeah, yeah. So they cancelled. Uh, they haven't. They've never went back to Manila and. Uh, they stopped performing live and also their music kind of got to a point where it couldn't really be played live mm. reliably the way it could be these days um, so I decided to do a live album in like a studio and then do a, like a live performance on like a, the original idea was to go to Libya this like Roman auditorium in Libya mm. and play it there with uh, loads of Arabs watching that's how they described it the Beatles were such a level of fame back then, weren't they? Like, yeah, you, man, like, like, but you just do whatever you wanted. Because the documentary is really cool because it gives you a real insight into that. Because uh, these people were like more famous, and they knew it. They were more famous back then, and now obviously than like anyone, like probably Had ever been like bigger than Jesus, pretty much. You Has, know? Who we don't have super like you don't have superstars like that. Not to that extent, no. no. Yeah, you have people everyone would know, but like you, like the Beatles. I feel like that was a whole different level. Everyone knew them. Like yeah. all, everyone on earth knew who they were. It's the same thing with like Michael Jackson and stuff like that. Like, there's no, there ha- yeah, there never will be someone that famous again. Yeah, yeah, and it obviously takes a mental toll as you see what, as we saw with uh, Mickey J and the Beatles you know? as well, like and the Beatles. But like they they played it off pretty well. Like yeah. like like they were all fine. 
for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're obviously they 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 grew apart and they're a lot feuding and stuff at the end. But like Paul, Paul's still going these days. Ringo, as, as you know, <laughs> as yeah, I've seen Paul live. He's very very much with it, you know, in terms of faculties and stuff. And uh, Ringo's still going as well. But he's kind of like he's kind of scaled back, mm. you know. But he 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 never really was like kind of like. He never really cared for any of that stuff. Yeah. That's the impression I get watching the documentary. And then uh, George and John were the same. Like they just like they were, they dealt with it fine mm. all all the way up to the end before they both like sort of died. But How did George Harrison die? Oh, that's a weird one because he had cancer, but it was uh, exacerbated because a crazed fan broke into his gaff and uh, stabbed him like twenty times. What? I didn't. He, I didn't. I never. Yeah, I had no idea either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, it was like a few months, I think it was like six months before he died, someone broke into his gaff, stabbed him like 20, 30 times, and he survived. And he was laughing and joking about it in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Mm. Um, and he survived fine. But uh, then he died of cancer like six months later. It was like, that was 20 years ago today. Mad. Or yesterday. Because Paul McCartney posted about it. So that's Cause a bit spooky. Because obviously you always hear about like John Lennon uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know... George Harrison also almost got like killed by a fan. Yeah, it's it's crazy because they were because they literally they talk about it in the documentary about their fame so casually. Mm. It's like everyone knows who they are. Like everyone on earth knows who who we are. Everyone's looking. Everyone's looking towards our next album. Everyone's looking towards the music we're making here in this room. But like they're so casual about it. They're just yeah. laughing and joking. It's very strange. It's like even if it's shit, we're gonna make a bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and there's all these different reactions to the. Uh, to the to the documentary because it gives a real there's like a huge insight obviously into the creative process because they don't have any songs when you start the the documentary footage there's no songs they don't have anything like John Lennon comes in and he has a, a don't let me down mm. another song but he only has like the bare bones of it yeah and they're going through it um playing it's like him George and Paul and they're just trying to get like a trying to elaborate on like the basic hook that that John has yeah um and Paul's throwing out all these ideas and you can see like see like John and George like looking at him like oh this guy's a fucking control freak would he ever <laughs> showed up like and uh, they ha- they develop something <clears throat> and it's kind of it's kind of similar to the original song but you can, it just doesn't feel right and George just goes this is fucking shite like if this is <laughs> <laughs> he just says it like and it, it is it's not good at all. it's not it's not a good version of it at all and George is like if someone if we were listening to that on someone else's album we just like wouldn't even think about it you know mm. so he's like constantly pushing to make something that was actually worth listening to but also at the same time it shows that it kind of demystifies like the myth mm. behind you know the Beatles like you think they're they're, they're creating music or the mu- the music they just created flowing out of them yeah it was like divine inspiration mm. these people were just like you know like titanic music figures that no one could ever match but then you have like you know them Paul trying to elaborate on Don't Let Me Down and he's not doing a great job mm. it's like you know they make mistakes and they're yeah. not it's not just it's very, very the much creative a creative process. Yeah, an arduous process that took fucking weeks to make like ten songs or something yeah. like that. And some of those songs aren't even that good, to be fair. Even yeah. on the final <laughs> album, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't even, I haven't finished it because it's eight hours long. Yeah, it's massive. It's it's the length of a miniseries, but they describe it as it was ori- originally pitched as a film, as like a single documentary. But then it got longer and longer. They're putting out previews for this uh, back in 2019 and stuff. Like I, I've I've been watching trailers for it for like years. Mad. And then eventually it's come out. Like nine hours, and like it's it's split into three parts. It's like eight hours and nine hours. Mm. It's split into three <clears> parts. Each part is like basically. I think the first two parts are three hours long. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's split into because it, it's three weeks. It's January nineteen sixty nine or nineteen seventy. I'm not sure, but uh, I think it's sixty nine actually. And uh, it's the first three weeks of that in the starting in the new year, and then they're supposed to do this live show on the nineteenth. And uh, where it kind of differs from the original documentary, Let It Be, is that it shows like the kind of the the turmoil and stuff. Did that original documentary come out? Yeah, nineteen seventy. Mm. That came out. It was kind of like a promotional thing with Let It Be. Yeah. Um. But, uh, it's, and how long is that documentary? It's like, I don't know, two hours, three hours. Yeah. It's not that long. Manageable. So it's, not, it's not as long as this one. <laughs> yeah. you know? But uh, this one's higher quality. And this one's kind of weird because it has like, um, they're kind of like, uh, what you call it? Yassified or whatever. Like their 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 face is all smoothed out. It's oh, like, yeah, like, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the face app kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all, everything, so all, the, all the lines are smooth because it's, it's just the process of... Um, like sort of restoring the footage. That's what I'm it loses a lot of detail. That's what the Peter Jackson World War One documentary also looks like. Because mm. like, he's a bit weird. He's restoring like black and white footage though as well, and like adding color to it and stuff like that. Yeah, because I think a lot of it was done with AI. Mm. A lot of the audio anyway, and the audio and uh, visuals were. I think they were recorded separately, so a lot of the time they won't actually have visuals for the audio, but they'll play like a like a random clip of them talking hmm. or you'll see they'll match up the audio and the, the video that were recorded at the same time but they won't be synced properly it's mm. a bit weird yeah but uh it differs from let it be in that it's like um that it shows the turmoil and it's, it's sort of uh self-consciously kind of uh elaborating on stuff like yoko ono's uh kind of controversial position in, in those <laughs> sessions because uh, like they have because they have subtitles all the way through and they get to a point it's in the second episode uh, or the second part, where uh, George Harrison has just left, which also isn't mentioned at all in the original documentary. He leaves at the end of the, the first part because he's sick of Paul McCartney, pretty much. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he finds him too insufferable. And they don't really like gel because George is cr- trying to be more like, uh, do his own stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously, John and Paul were more, more so kind of like in the zone. Yeah. They were like dominating the creative process. But, uh, but yeah, they they have a, a point in the second one where they're just kind of discussing Yoko like openly. Yeah, which is really weird because it's something that's obviously fallen into modern folklore, basically. Like you know, Yoko broke up the Beatles. Yeah, and Paul says it. Um, there's actually a line he says, um, when they're discussing, they're kind of having like a a little meeting after George has left. And he's like, I don't want it to be like in fifty years time. Uh, oh, Yoko broke up the Beatles. Like, that'd be stupid, you know? Mm. Like, he's, like, addressing you. Like, that's the beginning yeah, of that myth. Yeah, Which, like, everyone knows, you know? Which is very cool to see it's them talking about it at the time. Because you wouldn't think that they... You feel like they wouldn't have really talked about it that openly. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely parts where you can tell that they're on camera and they're kind of holding stuff back. There's yeah. one... There's a there's a part of the second one where they're... they're uh, John is talking... Because at the time, John Lennon was mad into heroin. Yeah. And he never showed up on time. Like, he'd show up, like, two hours late. Like, he's, he was famous for being really, like, lazy. Mm. Like, he'd always sleep in anyway. But he was getting really into heroin. And he mentions it very briefly in the second one. And you can just see, like, Ringo and Paul, like, looking down at their shoes. And Paul's like, oh, there's some things we shouldn't talk about in public. Mm. You know? It's like... You know, maybe maybe a third documentary for that part, you know? Yeah. But, uh, no, it's very, very, very worth a watch. Worth a watch. Yeah, how how much uh, media do you think has been made about the Beatles? Far too much, I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> Far too much. When you're saying that, I was like, you could literally make like a nine-hour documentary about John Lennon and his yeah. drug addictions. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, that's 
that's why there's so much. Because at the time, uh, when they were doing all these things, the people in charge, people who owned them, or owned the, the rights to their music and, like, all Beatles properties were like, this is going to be, this is just, like, they recognized that this was a historic kind of moment. Yeah, Beatlemania, man. Yeah, Beatlemania. And, like, they continued after Beatlemania, and they're still as iconic. And they're like, we're just going to record everything. Like, absolutely everything. Yeah. Like, everything they said, everything they did, everywhere they went, it was all recorded. And that's why you have, like, um, like you know, the, the anthology one, the Beatles anthology has all their songs on mm. it, the red one. Um, that was, like, they're, they're able to remaster everything to, like an, like, an excruciating level of detail. Like, everything is, like, so well remastered because they have everything is saved. Like, yeah. all the reels are saved. Um so they can go back and like piece it back together. They can literally piece it back together as it was done at the time, sixty years into which, the future. Which is why that their legacy has been able to hold on even further. Yeah, like the fact that you exactly. have that is like we can just keep making shit about the Beatles because yeah. we have twenty hours of shit about them. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. For, for this one, like as you said, like how long was the like they ran all the footage? Yeah, hundreds the, of hours. Hundreds of hours, and they've only managed. They only have nine hours. They've only used nine hours. Only. Yeah. <laughs> so long, like. Well, like, compare that to something like the Beach Boys. Like, the Beach Boys, you have, like, a similar thing where it's, like, a huge band at the time, and they recorded, like, pretty much everything. Like, there's, like, loads of mm. media, loads of video, loads of audio. But at the same time, every few years, they release a remaster of, like, Beach Boys albums. After yeah. the Once the 50 years is up and the, it's about to fall into the public domain, they release a remaster, but they can't remaster it to the same extent as you can with the Beatles mm. uh, album because the a lot of the, the tapes are like lost like they just you know they either like got bought out or like they're thrown out in like a, a garage somewhere or, like yeah. a dump or like they just they just didn't keep as a as well a an eye on everything that that was there i imagine because of how what happened to the beach boys oh yeah because they got they sort of fell off yeah. but like th- it just goes to show that how aware they the beatles were of what was happening at the time yeah being aware of how famous you are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's i think just one thing i was thinking there i think it's mad that like like the Beatles were massive, right? And then you have the next, you know, global superstar, Michael Jackson, and he's like, I'm just gonna buy the royalties to their shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and become yeah. even richer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. Yeah. But he made a load of money off it. He made bank. Yeah. Poor old Paul though. He wasn't happy about that. <laughs> he was he was raging. Yeah, poor old Paul. Who owns that now? Like who owns the world I said the I like, think it's fallen back. The Jackson estate or something. Because remember you couldn't uh you couldn't listen to the Beatles on anything pretty much, any mm. streaming service. You had to buy all their songs individually. Yeah. Uh I think that's because it was it was owned by a different company. It must have been Michael Jackson's The Jackson kind estate. Of deal. Yeah, something like that. And I, I got bought got bought back, I believe. Yeah. By uh, maybe Paul McCartney or something, because he's a billionaire now. Mm. Like he is extremely rich. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for him to keep touring. I remember we were talking about like the fifth Beatle, the guy that left the Beatles before. Uh, Pete Best. Or, yeah, but like it's just like, oh, wouldn't you have hated to have been the fifth Beatle and not to live on that fame? And it's like, I mean, he's the, we still know him as the fifth Beatle. Like he's still yeah. extremely famous just because he got thrown out of the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you'd be like, oh man, man, you, you know? could have been a billionaire. You'd be like, ah, oh. like, but but like, imagine like you're because they're in the tw- in the in the this documentary, they're twenty six and twenty seven. Mm. Like they're they're very young. Hey, yeah. How long, like, how long did the Beatles stay the Beatles? Like from what age to what age? From. Like when did Beatlemania? Like, what age would they have been when Beatlemania started? They would have been like twenty. 
Mad. 21. Like, but imagine, imagine you're Pete Best sitting at home with the fifth Beatle, sitting at home in Liverpool and you're like, you're flat or whatever. And, and you're, you're like, shit, Liverpool council gaff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, my mates are out living like the dream. Yeah. Like, no one has ever been as famous or as like, you know, well loved mm. as my mates. I could have been that guy. Like, it's just Man, like, if I was that him, would tear you up. Like. If I was him, I would have been the guy that shot John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, fair. Yeah, fair enough, bro. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he kicked him out, yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy to see that sort of sort of like confluence between popularity and like technical mastery because you don't yeah. see that as much any, anymore. Like you have either something is really popular or it's really technically masterful. Mm. Like they, they never really converge anymore. Mm. So the fact that you have like a background kind of insight into how that all worked is pretty crazy. Mm. So It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I, 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 you know, I, I, I very it? much enjoyed it. Have you finished it? Not half, halfway. Yeah, halfway in. Fair enough. I watch. I watched the second part anyway because that's what they do the rooftop, or the third part. Sorry, that's what they do the rooftop. It's the, they do the full forty-two minute set from the, the top of uh, Apple Studios or whatever. Sick. So can't go wrong with that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But yeah, what do you what have you been been watching, having a look at? Um, I watched uh, some anime, some live action anime. Live action anime. What? The Cowboy Bebop, uh, Netflix. Live action remake, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Adaptation or whatever. Adaptation, yeah. I watched the first episode. Um, maybe I'll watch the rest. I don't know. Like, so Cowboy Bebop is like... Yeah, what's the premise? One of the... Cowboy Bebop is an anime that came out in like the 90s. And it is not only one of the best animes of all time. It is you know, one of the best TV shows ever. Just because of like for multiple reasons but one thing is like it's very it's a very episodic show which i normally don't like i don't really like episodic shows i like things that have like overarching narratives but mm. it has like that x-files thing where like sprinkling in with a narrative yeah yeah like, that's great ep- episode five or episode six i can't remember fallen angels i think the episode is it's like five or six it's like the first like injection of like here's like a plot like a major plot point to the backstory of Spike, who's like the main character, he is the Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> what does that mean? The Cowboy Bebop. I think it's just the name of the ship. I think they're cowboys because they're like bounty hunters that go around space and they get bounties. And uh, I think Bebop is the name of the ship. I think. I'm not sure, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> I can't remember. It's been ages since I watched Cowboy Bebop. Uh-huh. But I might rewatch it because of this live action. Um, yeah, like Netflix announced this a while ago, I think sometime last year, they were like, yeah, we're going to make this and we're going to put a massive amount of money into this and it's it's going to be good, guys, we promise. And there was like a trailer to it and it looked pretty good from the trailer and it, re- it dropped and it, um, it's it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Like, I've heard. It's not shit, but it's not good either. It's completely mm. fine. And as a, as a adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, like one of the key things of Cowboy Bebop, and one of the like the consistent great things about the show, is the atmosphere and style and tone that it sets in every episode. Like there's one episode that's just straight up like alien. Like there's an they have like, I think they have like food that goes bad, and from the food an alien emerges. And it's going like it's scuttling around the ship, like attacking them and stuff like that, and like taking them out one by one. And it's it's a horror episode. And then there's another episode where there's like a Jack the Ripper character, and he's like 
really he's like scary like he's freaky as fuck mm. um there's like this in the anime like this is in the anime then there's like there's an episode about like the backstory of um oh god fucking oh my god i can't remember the character's name fuck it the that spike the other guy jet jet jet, jet. jet is the other fellow that's with him um his backstory and like how he was a cop that like left the force and stuff like that like it's great it's such a good show and like the character arcs are great there's a 10 out of 10 corgi in it amazing dog corgi. <laughs> best boy um but yeah great and then you try to adapt that. That's really only something that you can do with animation, which we talked about before with Perfect Blue. Like the means of animation means that you can control everything within the scene. And thus, like, you know, if you're doing weird stylistic things, it's probably best to do it with anime mm. or animation. Wow, it really doesn't look like there's a massive budget on this thing. Like, mm. like this, but at the same time, it does. It's so like apparently I was there is, wasn't it? Like yeah. I was showing you bits of it. Like this, the outer space shots look great. Like they do mm. look like if it's a shot of, like a, of a spaceship, like flying in outer space, looks great. Once a character is on the screen, it looks so bad. Yeah, yeah. it looks so bad. I like the sets look good, but the costumes don't look great. The yeah, actors the costumes are, are really bad. Yeah, the actors are very good, but the dialogue and like the characterization of the of the characters is way off like one thing that i hate in anime is accidental boob grabs there is that a thing is that's that a, a trope? thing that's a trope in anime and what like, is it oh it's rampant Why? rampant because fucking um, horny what, lads watching anime what's the word i'm looking for uh what's that weebs word? weebs not weebs um, otakus 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 love a weird little group <laughs> at, a group boob grab uh so you know and it happens in the in the live action yeah. that's not a thing in cowboy bebop that's like someone's idea of like cowboy bebop is an anime so obviously we have to there's a boob grab that's not what Cowboy Bebop is at all. Cowboy Bebop That's, is way more mature. That makes it way worse. And like, I haven't, I haven't gotten to the character yet. But there's a in, in the live action. But there's a character in Cowboy Bebop called Ed, and Ed is like this ADHD girl that has like the corgi, and she's like the tech girl, and she's very, very hyper and like cartoonish. And I feel like that character really only works when it's a cartoon because mm. I have seen the clip of her in the live action and jesus fucking christ cringe inducing what's it like oh uh, like because ed talks like in third person and it's like ed got a bounty for you woo uh like yeah i can you, see how that could you go get big man animation. and like there's like a extreme dutch angle it looks and i've seen this i've this isn't like um i've seen this critique of it before it looks like a spy kids movie <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. That is not good. <laughs> that's the worst thing you could. That's like, the worst thing you can say about anything. Any, any if something's got a massive budget, you don't want it to look like a Spy Kids movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, there's like attempts of like, oh, there's it's like, it has a style, but its style doesn't produce tone or atmosphere mm. or like, there's not any like this. There's, there's nice use of color in Cowboy Bebop, like the anime and this absolutely not extremely dull to look at mm. and the green screen is so bad yeah they kind of need to just bend that whole thing you know oh uh, like the one the one you showed me there 
Whereas like they're walking through a little room. And like they're a walking, or something. They're walking through a freezer. It's like they're walking through like a it's like a little corridor between these like mounds. I don't know what they are. Of pods. Like fish. I think it's fish. Dead fish. Fish. Dead fish. But like, there's no way. Like, it's all. All they're all CGI for some reason. Mm. But there's no way. Like, uh, maybe it is cheaper just CGI that. But like, it can't cost much to just pay someone to be like, oh, make ten dead fish. Yeah. That like look reasonable on camera. Like that. How much could that cost? Oh, I don't know. Like two hundred quid. Surely it can't cost much more yeah. than that. Like, I'm, come on. Or just get dead fish. <laughs> Yeah, just, just get giant get, dead fish. Just get dead fish. Tuna are fucking massive. Pay for a bunch of tuna. That'd be a bit of a waste, though. Yeah, like. no, but they can eat <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cook it afterwards. But like, jeez, it's just like that's something that I noticed with like bad green screen is like the lighting will be off. Mm. That's when you know it's bad green screen. The lighting is off constantly on the in this where you can see like they're just not in that environment at all. Yeah, when it's like f- like the light is like flush across the character's yeah. face, like doesn't seem to be any use of shadow or anything. Yeah, shadow. Yeah, yeah. there's no use of shadow. Um, but then the weird times when they're when they are on the set, like the sets are really nice, but the characters just look out of place. Still, I don't know. Like it might be the lighting, to be honest. If this was a YouTube video it'd be amazing you'd be like that is yeah that is incredible mm. this is a big budget netflix show it should not look like this yeah everyone involved in this is a millionaire yeah they can do better than this like do do better <laughs> please do better but fucking hell like it just it's not it's not bad and even like like all i'm saying about it like everything all these negatives i'm saying about it, like you can still watch it and be like yeah this is fine like this is grand it's just about like a bunch of space cowboys going around getting bounties, whatever. But as an adaptation of Cowboy Bebop is where it's cringe and it shits the bed. Yeah, they're better off doing something original, wouldn't they? Rather Literally, than I don't know why. That. Like, why would you try and adapt something that, like, is so good because it very explicitly uses the medium of animation? Mm. Imagine adapting The Godfather in anime. You know, yeah. you'd be like, "Why? Why? Why?" Like, you know, you would, that's the thing. You wouldn't. No one ever. You never think of doing the reverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's no reason to do that. You know, unless I don't know. Is it is it that is there based on the first episode? Is there that much of a spin that you couldn't have done this? Or there's there's things in the live action that you couldn't have done in the anime? No. No. Not a single thing. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of that? Not a single thing. What is the point? And like. Like they just is it like a, is it like a like psycho kind of like shot for shot remake or like there's like vague things that are similar mm. like there's like there's like a like Spike's backstory is like he was part of this like crime syndicate and he left um and there's like a woman involved for that and there's like a rose that drops which is like very very atmospheric and very very like uh, melancholic when you see it in the t- when in the TV show but you know. It's animation, so you can just drop the fucking flower, and it can just hit the ground and not bounce. Mm. But in real life, they drop the flower, and it bounces up, bounces down, and then stops bouncing. Why does it bounce? Because it's like landing in water and like floats Uh. up and down, so it's just like, that doesn't really have the same impact of like Mm. this slow, like, uh, like flower just falling down and hitting the ground. And it just looks bad, like the lighting again is a problem, and the color grading... Is all, I don't know because they mm. tried to make it look like the the anime in that scene where like it's all like kind of blue lighting and like grey and stuff like that but that looks really bad in live action mm. you know yeah it seems a bit 
seems a bit kind of like misguided in mm. general. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I've I've only heard like negative things, but like nothing like explicitly neg- negative. More comparing it. Yeah. To how. Because like obviously you're gonna work. do that, and even like as a show by itself, it's like if you're just if I was just to talk about it as a show, it is just meh. It's just whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like even at that, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm whatever. Pr- I'm pretty sure Netflix are. I think it's Netflix are doing a, a One Piece, live action ne- like next year or the year after. How do you feel about that? I am so worried. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the one that I will probably watch all of. Mm. isn't that that's so long though that's really long but like they don't have to do everything like they can just do like one arc that's the thing like like the first episode of this is the first episode of the anime like it the anime is 24 minutes long this is an hour long episode like it's Mm. they just like the fight scenes just everything just is stretched out it but it doesn't feel longer um but it's just kind of stretched out but it literally is just the first episode and because because Cowboy Bebop is really episodic, I don't know if the live action is episodic or not. Because I've heard that the season finale of this, if it gets a season two or not, I have no idea. Mm. But like the season finale is episode five. But, but So they just took bits of other episodes and just made a, a ten season, yeah, ten episode season yeah. out of it. So I don't know what happens in the live action. I don't know when. I don't know if there's going to be an alien episode. I doubt it. I, I don't want to see that in this in the way that this t- TV show looks. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just gonna be a shitty CGI blob. Yeah, yeah. CGI man it ruins everything. Ruins especially bad CGI and yeah, bad green screen. Takes you out of it. Takes you out of it. But like the, because like like the main character in One Piece, Luffy, he's like made of rubber and he's real stretchy. What is that going to look like in a live action? Yeah, how do you do that? I have no idea. Wait, what is Luffy? Luffy, he's like a he he's he's eating a f- like a devil fruit. There's like these superpower brutes in the world of devil f- in in the world of One Piece, mm. and if you eat them, you get superpowers. But it's like it's a pirate show or a pirate anime uh, manga comic book. So like the twist is once you eat the devil fruit, you can't swim. But you're a pirate, so you got to stay away from water. That stops being a problem. Like within the first arc of, they just <laughs> never bring it up really. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. he's like, he has like, he has the, he's, he can stretch and he's made of rubber. Uh huh. Yeah, you can so, do like, that. Live action. That's gonna. I know that's gonna look bad. Mister Fantastic kind of stuff. Uh yeah. Like it's just not gonna look good. Mm. Yeah. Just leave it. Just leave it. Like. Mm. Leave it out. Also, it's set out. It's like a pirate show. Lots of um. Lots of shots in the ocean and stuff like that. It's not gonna look like like Pirates of the Caribbean looks good for like the, those openers like shots. Mm. This is one hundred percent gonna end up being on a green screen, so it's gonna look like shit. Yeah, how do you even do that? How would you do a pirate film? You know, like well, I guess like like Pirates of the Caribbean. Wait, was that shot like on location or whatever? Or like, I mean, it's probably sets, but they just like, yeah, yeah, they look like, good. But that'd be expensive, wouldn't it? You know, like that's yeah. Is that something that Netflix would be like? Ah, we could do it with a green screen. Well, apparently the budget is like a million per episode per episode One for piece. the One Piece. Yeah, apparently. A mil- is that a lot though these days? Game See, of Thrones remembers two or three million an episode. Yeah, but that's costume. That's a costume drama. Is One Piece a costume kind of thing? No. No. But yeah, I just know that the, it's gonna be. It's like four special effects. So it's a million quid. A lot for like VFX every episode. Yeah, I don't know if it is anymore, or enough to get something good done. Maybe well, the dragons always looked good in Game of Thrones, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I suppose 
this is not going to have that though. Based off this, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. <laughs> I know it's going to be bad, but sure. What can you do? Sure, look. What can you do? What can you do? What what can you be at? Uh, do you watch anything else this week? I watched Begotten. 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 Oh, yes. I've been meaning to watch this quite about three or four years, honestly. Yes. I think I heard about it. Same I can't remember you. how we heard about I, it. I always watch this this week, and I've been I'm the same. Ever since I heard about this thing, I wanted to watch I've it. I've been wa- wanting to watch it. I think I saw. It's not really iconic. It may be iconic for people like us, you know, weirdos. Cult horror. Yeah, cult, like cult. It's like something you see in like film school or something. Yeah. You get shown for like art, an art film module. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I saw the, the what you call it, the poster. Which is the just, poster is fucked yeah, up. I was like, what is that? And then there's a, I remember the title, or not the title card, the epigraph. The first, like the intertitle before mm-hmm. the start of the film. And I was like, that's really evocative of mm-hmm. something. I was like, I have to watch this. But then I, n- I didn't watch it for four yeah. years. <laughs> it's also like one of the most disturbing movies ever made as well. Mm, yeah, it's, it's like, renowned. It's like put into that canon. But you can't really see enough for it to be disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's off-putting. Mm. It's really off-putting. Like you couldn't, I don't think you could watch, you could do anything else while watching. Or like, like you have to. I don't know. It just kind of like you, clouds like, you. Is anyone really sitting? Because I did, I watched this. Yeah. But how, I, how did you watch this actually? A second monitor while doing something <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched this in bed on my phone. I was like, man, so many people on Larabox say that's how they watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the worst way to watch this. I would never watch this film like that. It actually is, but I, there's no TV, so like I was watching it on my phone, and I wasn't gonna watch it at work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did, you have head- did you at least have headphones on? Uh yeah yeah okay. <laughs> I had earphones on, but um <laughs> watching this on your phone with no headphones on would be uh, a scene. <laughs> but um yeah I was I watched it like that and I was like oh this is a bad vibe this is a really bad <laughs> <laughs> it's I man like it's mad born mad born it's an it's only an hour it's seventy two minutes long which is the perfect length for a film really yeah it's perfect length for a film like this anyway yeah yeah like, maybe shorter would be better for maybe this shorter one. but I felt like the sound and like the images and, like the way that you can't really see anything that's going on I felt kind of sick watching it the entire time like I did have a, like it's yeah it does it makes you feel the queasy. Yeah, yeah I felt yeah. I felt I felt like I was watching something that I shouldn't be watching <laughs> yeah 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 like I don't know. I don't know. It's disturbing, definitely, but it's more like a uh, a gross out kind of thing, maybe. Because mm. it's like it's not really that graphic either. Well, it is, actually it is. But very, it is very it, graphic. It is very graphic. But yeah. like you can't really make out what's actually happening. Plus, it's all allegory as well. Mm. We should we should, very obscure allegory. Like we should probably reference that the reason that you can't see what's going on in this film is because this film is more or less lost. Like I think you can only get this on DVD and VHS tapes and it is like extremely expensive to buy any of that shit but there's a 240p copy of it up on YouTube for there's free four, 480p 480p sorry I'm, I'm not doing it justice 480p <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a copy of it up on YouTube for free and that's how anyone that's watching this film is watching it <laughs> yeah absolutely but that's like there's no way there's more detail in like a 1080p version. 4K. You're not watching Begotten in 8K. Like you know, that's not that's not happening. <laughs> it's just you've wasted your money. 4D experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seats rumble and everything. <laughs> <laughs> if someone stabs you in real life. Yeah, because it's about creation. It's about it's about it's a, an amalgamation of creation myths and a kind of 
horror shell, mm. you know? Because it starts out with the famous poster kind of scene where it's a character wearing a mask sitting in a chair. It's like a throne in the corner of a room in like a dilapidated gaff or Some something like that. Some shack in the middle of nowhere. Some shack, yeah. And uh, there's no there's no, um, no dialogue at all. And uh, There's no music either. There's no music, yeah. It's just kind of like a ambient sound. It's like mm. a razor head, but like more natural, naturalistic. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, this person who is uh, credited as God killing himself in <laughs> the credits is God, is a... Uh, literally God. Is God killing himself. himself. <laughs> and uh, he's stabbing himself and like disemboweling himself in this oh, throne. painful. This goes on for about 10 minutes. And he's just like, he's just like stabbing his belly. And he's like writhing in pain. Uh, and he like grabs his organs and throws them on the floor. That's so gross. And, uh, so gross. 10 minutes of this. And then uh, he starts shitting himself, and you see all the shit piling up on his, his ankles. And you're like, what is this? What's going on? But then... From that. <laughs> from that, from nothing, there is something. From behind the chair emerges Mother Earth, a woman um, who's holding her boobs. And she's walking around sort of like, you know, showing herself off because she's Mother Earth. She's mm-hmm. life emerging from death, you know, the cycle of life. And she goes over to God, and she does something very, very disturbing. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I wrote my notes uh, yeah. in real time. I wrote, um, Love I was like, oh, music is class, great effects, great sound design, super eerie. Very, very eerie. Very, yeah. like, squelching, like, like, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he doesn't, he's not moaning or anything, he's just, like, writhing in pain, but he's not making any sound, which makes it way worse. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of removed from the situation. And then... Is she wanking him off now? Question mark. I can't make it out, but I think she is. Oh, she is. That, that, that. Nice. Oh, and he came. Oh, no. Oh. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So she goes over to God and she wanks him off. Um, I can't really make it out, but then by, by a certain stage, you're like, oh, that is a dick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what she hold? She can only be holding one thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's only like, one hand movement <laughs> makes sense <laughs> and then uh, he comes on her and uh, then she gets to come and she sticks it um, <laughs> she sticks it up her vagina her oh. her earthly vagina which is all natural <laughs> <laughs> this woman is clearly French <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's uh, very continental style and uh, it's also very unclear what it is like you're kind of like yeah, that can only be one thing. You know? <laughs> you know, like, this only makes sense if, uh, as this. I can't see what this is, but this is the only thing that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the oh no was, because I didn't know. What, I was like, what the fuck is Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very bizarre. But then, obviously, she's, you know, pregnant now. She's walking around with a huge belly. And she gives birth, you know, the son of God, mm-hmm. man. And then it's like a kind of trial and tribulation of the mo- of Mother Earth and, and the son of the son of God. And he's riding around. Yeah, he's riding around. He's like he's having a really bad time. He's just coming. Into, he's just coming into the world, and he's not liking being alive. No. He's in this uh, like wasteland, this like bleak, desolate wasteland, which is also inhabited by these nomads who are these weird kind of like giant Ewoks mm. who have like hoods and like these like uh, these leather kind of like anoraks walking around. Like I don't know, they're like priests or something. Yeah. You know, There's, I don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> There's don't, something. You don't know what they are, but they basically torture mm. the Son of Man and Mother Earth uh, over the remaining like hour of the film. Yeah, they cannibal they cannibalize, torture, and then kill the Son of God. 
and they're like literally dragging him around by his umbilical cord. His mother like ditches son and guys like you're on your own son. Peace. You're fucking so ugly. I'm leaving. Um, and then they they get him. And they obviously like you know the thing like you know I don't know if the are the nomads meant to be humans. The what the nomads? Yeah, I don't know. Because I thought it was like some like uh like we are, you know, humans. You know, ma- mm, I don't like know. torturing and killing the son of God. But then he just comes back to life. He like reemerges from the they they throw him to they set him on fire and they leave him burning. And then Mother Earth comes back and she like regenerates him and then rebirth again. And then the nomads come back <laughs> and they kill her and they kill her. Yeah, they really. Really extended scene. They do some other stuff to her as well. Yeah, she gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. But it's a metaphor. Yes. You know, because she's, she's Mother Earth. And then the Son of God gets, you know, his head kicked in for the final time. <laughs> it takes like 15 minutes or something. It's literally, <laughs> and it's basically an hour of like three characters getting their shit wrecked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all a, uh, it's a nihilist film. Mm-hmm. It's a nihilist film. The guy who made this Edmund Mover Muriga. Your guess Edmund Muriga. That's his name. He's a Norwegian guy, I believe, and he uh, he directed this. And he was inspired by Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah. Who obviously there's a guy who said God is dead, which is like the opening scene, and um, you know, so God is killing himself, and then we're left with the remainders. Pure you know? performance, Sapuku. Yeah, he just yeah performance <laughs> Sapuku. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he's like, uh, it sort of ties into the, the opening title, I think, I believe, because mm. the title's like, oh, um, the beginning is, what was it, you language bearers, diary makers, um, people like that, people who take records, mm-hmm. uh, ba- that basically means, wait, fuck this, I'm gonna fucking... Yeah, pull it up there. Pull it up. <laughs> language bearers, photographers, diary makers, you with mem- with your memory are dead, frozen, lost in a present that never stops passing. Here lives the incantation of matter, a language forever. Yeah, exactly. The people who take records, the people who live in the past, these this frozen image of things that do- no longer exist pretty much. You know, people who uh photographs, diary makers, people who take records, people who obsessive history. Yeah, obsessive history, even language itself, you know, using signs, icons to communicate. But by the time you communicate, it's already in the past and you're always referring to something. It's always an exchange of prior knowledge, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's something to do with the film. It's a sense that, like, the film is an attack. It's like a sensory attack on the the viewer Um, and the metaphor for, um, you know, the way the world works. It's all very... It's, it's The film's so visceral. There's no dialogue. There's no kind of, like, uh, intellectualization of what's happening in the film. It's just, like, pure sensory experience as it happens. It's just images. It's just the present image, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. I think he was inspired by uh, Stan Brakaj as well. Remember we talked about him? The Untutored Eye. He did the film... Um, what's it called? He did the film where it's just a medical documentary where they pull the skin... They demask like a corpse, and How, I don't remember us talking about that. No, uh, we talked. We talked about the untutored eye anyway. It's so, like this guy is the American filmmaker, and he's a, a a painter, and he'd make films where each frame would be would be painted, mm. and then it'd be like a sort of montage. Yeah, and the whole point is that like you're supposed to look at the the film with the untutored eye, like the innocent eye of a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to process it as like an immediate sensory experience rather than to like intellectualize or mm-hmm. like to think about it too much. But I think that he was a big um, 
inspiration, especially because because Steinberg House did a different film as well, where it was a, it was a medical documentary where they were looking at a cadaver and basically cutting up a cadaver. And so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, the you know the you know like uh, rabbit ear is kind of like the meaning behind it is to like uh, you know sort of get to grips with our mortality. The fact yeah. that we're just like bodies. And there's a scene. There's just v- hunks of flesh. Just hunks of flesh. And there's yeah, there's a scene in the film which is like I think the most famous. I've never seen this. But I've only I've only like read about it. There's a scene where they're uh, they're about to like examine the brain, and to do that when you're performing an autopsy. Oh no, that's what it's called. It's called the uh, the act of seeing the body mm. from outside, which is the literal like sort of meaning of autopsy. Okay. And uh, when they're before they open the brain, they have to like make an incision in the scalp, and then they demask the face. So they pull down the face, and it's on film. Obviously, this is something coroners and stuff have to do every day, but it's like it's supposed to be very like I don't know. Or if it just slides out. <laughs> yeah, it's like your face just slides off. It just slides off when you go like that. But um, this film's kind of like that in like a philosophical sense. Yeah, because it's just pure violence. It's an attack. It's a sensory attack. It is just pure violence. Yeah. And like it's like like the way that you can very simply you can very simply top of this one is like it's about creation, it's about life, it's about death, it's about rebirth, and it's just like three people getting their shit wrecked for fucking ages, and they're all it's, just, it's God, Mother Earth, Son of God. And it's all, and once you know that, you can basically you get the That's basic understanding yeah. of what the film is talking about. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it's very long, it's very long. But I don't like it's not even sorry, it's not, it's actually quite short, but it's very slow. And repetitive, yeah. very repetitive, but thus is life itself very repetitive and very, very boring. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, so They're very violent. Maybe we'd be better off spending our time doing something else. You know, should watch the Cars Three instead. Nah, it was good though. It is good. It's good. I just wish it was like you know. I wish it was like forty minutes. Half an hour, forty minutes would be perfect. Mm. Like you get you get the message across very. very you could you, you could even keep the opening scene. Yeah, you know. Very, very easily. There's no reason for to have it be 75 minutes long. No. There's no reason whatsoever. But it, it, that is part of it, though. It is the yeah, story of creation. Of creation of is a very slow process. Yeah. But, yeah, it is good, though. I, one thing that I really liked about the film is the fact that, like, the, one of the background noises and, like, this being the story of creation is literally just, like, crickets. It's, like, no, like this, like mind-blowing thing if you think about it for a second is like something that we live with every day like no one really ever thinks about the fact like where the fuck did we come from more or less yeah but what like, happened like in depicting this story just crickets is the background like it's boring like we've heard this before we all know this more or less yeah. but it's just like kind of mind-blowing when you think about it yeah yeah it's like the kind of like how it doesn't really matter or yeah. like how it's all part of a much bigger kind of dispassionate universe that doesn't, yeah. really, doesn't really care yeah no like the universe doesn't like the crickets don't give a rats yeah they don't give a rats what's happening yeah, yeah they don't care <laughs> like, they couldn't give a monkeys only you watching this film only you seem to give a shit yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> this film basically says what are you doing yeah no one cares <laughs> it's, it's like this film is 75 minutes black and white silent film yeah <laughs> no one cares it sounds so bad when you say like that <laughs> <laughs> but it's good yeah yeah it's, it's good inver- it's like it's not it's not something for casual viewing. No, at no, all. not at all. You it wouldn't take this on at the at the afters, you know. No, it's something that you have to. I I don't like. I, I 
I would recommend that if you are ever watching this film, that you read up on it before you even watch it to oh, know absolutely what yeah. you're getting into. Read the plot synopsis because, like, if you go into this not knowing, like, even who the characters are, because like no one's named, like, there's no talking. So the start is just some masked dude disemboweling himself, and then we go on from there. Like, only when you have read the plot, it's like you know this like god is doing that's like okay now this makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. there's no way because without any context you're just there like what the fuck is this man i would even guarantee if they had if they didn't have credits to this film no one have a fucking breeze with this film <laughs> <is> talking about <laughs> yeah you kind of need the credits at the start maybe you know but maybe that's the point it's like oh you should just be just it's just you know sensing the immediate experience mm. of the images Rather than caring about the plot or what what it means. Yeah, imagine like if you were if you were watching this for the first time, like if you're like one of the first people to see this, and you watch this and like that is one of the most fucked up films I've ever seen. Mm. And then the credits roll and it's like that these were you know God, Son of God, Mother Earth. You're like, oh, that completely recontextualizes what the film is. Yeah, it's a cool trick. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But. You know, this is also 480p on YouTube. You'd be like, yeah. you get to a point where you're like, this is just weird. You know, you need to kind of know. I can't see a fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. The modern viewer, I think, needs to have a kind of some kind of idea what's going on. Yeah, but yeah. Glad we watched it, though. I'm glad I watched it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It um, it's uh, one off the uh, which one off the one off the, the list. film bucket list. You the know? Film bucket list. Yeah. These films that like you know have been meaning to watch for literally years. Mm. Yeah, one off the off the block. Yeah, we go for a wee break. Oh yeah. Ew. We're no, back. no, an ish. We're an-ish. back again. Tell you what, I went to the cinema. Oh, oh. I went to the cinema. Very good. And I saw the best film of 2021. That's that's what I want to hear. Palm Door winner. Palm Door. Can. <laughs> Cans. Titan, 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 a Titan, I don't know. French film. French film. Same director of Raw, which I talked about before. Raw is a very good film that I recommend for everyone that can stomach a bit of cringe, gross out, wince inducing bit of hair eating stuff. Um, Julia Ducorneo. Can you pronounce that? Ducorneo. Ducorneo. Anyway. Ducourneau. French director. This is her second film she had a short film came up before raw and then she was a co-director for another film before raw but then raw was her proper first directorial debut amazing film that i love like love love raw titan is her follow-up to that film and whoa whoa wow wooey jesus this film baba booey um Minor spoilers for this film. Um, this woman's only tw- 38 years old. Yeah. She is some fucking director, man. She won the Pandora. Um, and so the plot of... Excuse me. The plot of... Titan. Titan. Because I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, is a girl is in a car crash when she's like six, seven, eight. And has a metal plate put into her head after the car crash. And the car crash, she's with her dad. And develops a bit of a metal fetish from that point on. Mishima style. Uh, ends up fucking a car. Involved in there. And uh, gets pregnant by the car. 
and ha- it's a body horror film um and I'm going to talk about the first 30 minutes of this film first because the first I saw this film in IFI for the IFI French Film Festival that's going on at the moment Um, and I saw this at a packed out uh, IFI screen screen number one big cinema and packed completely packed everyone wearing their masks which is nice to see. Yeah, I didn't know that they'd brought that back. Yeah, that you could sit beside people. Yeah, oh man, shoulder to shoulder, we were, we were shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> Wrap my arm around the corner, <laughs> so I'm like, man, look at this fucking movie. She's not that fucking a car. <laughs> um, and uh, ooh, um, first thirty minutes of this film is probably the most violent thirty minutes of cinema I've ever sat through. Like, in terms of like. It starts off extreme, and it it ups it every like it's constant. Every scene mm. you're seeing something, and you're wincing, and you're like, "Oh Jesus!" Like there's one bit where she's making out with this girl, um, who's the same actor as in Raw. I, can't remember, I don't know the actor's name, but the two girls are making out, and uh, she like pulls up her top, or whatever, and she starts like kissing her breast, whatever. But one has uh, nipple piercings in. And she starts like really focusing on that metal on her nipple, and like starts biting it. And man, I don't know if it was oh, no. if they if it was real or not. Surely not. But Jesus, I did not know a human nipple could stretch that far because she starts biting and pulling, and you're man, oh. you're wincing there, oh. man. In no. the cinema, everyone was just like, "Oh no!" Like cringing into their seats. Wait, how far does it go? Oh man, like a solid inch, <laughs> like f- way further than you think. Like an inch or two, like way further than you think. Like it's on the verge of ripping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, like, no. oh my god! Um, <laughs> I just imagine you. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh my god, man! I was properly like, grabbing my chest, like, oh fuck it out. <laughs> um, and like she's after. This is after she's murdered someone with a fucking sticking it shave basically in their ear and like oh fucking and like again similar thing in Raw the violence in uh I don't know fucking Julia what's gonna say Julia in Julia's films Jesus it is so like impactful so I don't know what it is about it hurt the sound design or something about it fucking hell it is like winds inducing um and that continues on for a solid like thirty minutes at that peak. There's a bit where and it does it mixes in a bit of comedy to like lighten it. Like there's this, there's a there's a fucking brilliant scene where she basically goes on a rampage in the house, uh, murdering like three or four people. And like there's a bit where she's after murdering two people, and those two bits you're after, you're like you're wincing after what's happened. Like she goes to stab someone with the fucking metal. Uh, chopstick that she has but she misses and it's stuck in the person's cheek Ooh. and the person looks at her and she's like what the because she doesn't realize that, that that she was like before that they were like making out and then she stabs her and she like pulls back and she's got this fucking metal thing in her face and she like looks at her and it's like this moment like what the fuck are you did you just do that and yeah. then she takes it out and f- finishes her off and guy comes down and gets annihilated with a chair in the jaw and uh 
then someone comes like down the stairs and your mom goes how many of you are in this house and she goes up trying to kill them and then someone else comes out and you're just, like when the fourth fellow comes out everyone in the audience was laughing it's like this is absurd like yeah, it's funny kind of slapstick but it's also like oh she is like fucking these people up and you're like oh what's she gonna do to this guy anyway those 30 minutes go by um, I was sitting in the row D, so the fourth row down. I saw at least five or six people get up and leave. Oh, really? I've never seen that before. That is, that's cool though. Yeah, I've never seen that in a film. It encouraged me to keep going. I was like, I'm better than you. I'm gonna do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's such a French thing. It I is like a can kind of thing. Yeah, isn't like it? Yeah. people get up and walking out of the cinema. I've never had that before. Yeah. And to be honest, like it was at the point where I was like, if this keeps going at this level of violence, I'm not gonna be able to handle this. Mm. I can't sit here for an hour and a half nearly two hour long film and it keeps up with this level of violence thankfully it stops 30 minutes into the film after being put through some of the most visceral violence I've ever seen it completely stops and the film changes and shifts into something entirely different and it's like oh okay Grant and then the film becomes about it's basically a gender dysphoria film Mm. like that's what the it's a film about the fluidity of gender and using you know like metal and machinery and stuff like that to like uh convey that because like she becomes pregnant by the car and she has a baby and the baby is metallic and she's like leaking oil and stuff like that and she has like her stomach is expanding like way further like as if she had fucking like triplets in her stomach but it's only one baby mm. um, and her skin is like she's like scratching herself and her finger goes like into her stomach at mm. one point because a little hole p- p- perks up Ooh, great 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 use of body horror in the film but the film is really about parental love and you know a f- like a father a, f- a father that ends up like you know loving her regardless of like who she identifies as what gender she identifies as doesn't really matter because the dad is just like i don't care who you who you are he literally says at one stage i don't care who you are i love you and it's like that's what the film ends up being it's a it's a, it's a trans narrative and um, more so than anything else and it becomes this ex extremely wholesome heartwarming film while also being tinged with some of the most gross out body horror i've ever seen um and i don't understand how the fuck the film manages to do that and mm. um, there's a point there's a point where i think it's like 10 or 15 minutes towards the end and like things i had no idea like at one stage i was like how much longer this film is like because i'd felt like it could be 45 minutes or that have passed. I have no idea how long I've been sitting in the cinema. And I looked at my uh, my watch and I was an hour and a half in. I was like, did not feel that at all. That's that's always good. Yeah. That's always good. Didn't feel that at all. And uh, like the film was like getting into like like wrapping up. And I saw an elderly couple get up and leave. An elderly couple? An elderly. Like this, this, this. How did they hear about it? Because I, I think it was like, oh, the IFI French Film Festival. Let's go see the Palme d'Or winner. Yeah. <laughs> and then they saw this. But I was like, you're after sitting through the most violent 30 minutes of cinema I've ever seen. And you're near the end of it. 
And that's the point that you decide to get up and leave. Yeah, when it's not as violent. Yeah, I was uh, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you should have said it to him. I was like, here, what? get back here. What the fuck are you doing? Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great. Uh, like, you know, if you're reading, like, I'm going to, I don't want to really go into too much of a reading of the film because I think a lot of people should see this film. I think it definitely should win uh, Best uh, Foreign Language Film. It 100% should. I don't think it will because it's a horror film and the Oscars don't like horror films. Yeah, but what would it be up against? See, that's a... a but, like, you know that there's going to be some fucking yeah. film that comes out and, like, I've never heard of this film. Some Hungarian <laughs> film about, yeah. like, trees or something, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, I guess that's a winner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it sounds good, though. But that first half an hour, I don't know if... I, I'd have to watch this at home, you know? I don't think I could do that. I think I would have... I wouldn't have walked out out of principle, probably. Mm. Plus... I spent money on this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus, I don't like... Because, like, you're surrounded by people. I'd never get up anyway. Like, if I was dying for a piss, I wouldn't get up. That's the thing. I sat down, and I was like... And the violence was happening. I was like... Like, I'm not going to get up and leave. But if I wanted to get up and leave, there was no way... Yeah. There's no way I'd do it. So my ears just popped, and I thought there was nothing wrong with the, <laughs> with the, with the headphones. Um... I wouldn't get up and leave. Like, I was, like, out of principle. Out of principle, yeah, and yeah. also, that's embarrassing. I don't want to get up and leave. That's embarrassing. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you were there with people, like... Yeah, you know. I was there with three other people. Like, we were all sitting in separate areas, and, like, th- like Isabel was with me, and, like, Isabel doesn't really like violent films, so... Yeah, how'd she get on? Oh, she loved it. Yeah. She yeah. loved the film. She, I was like, how did you find the first 30 minutes? She was like, oh, I had my eyes closed for the majority of it. Yeah, But, yeah. like, I, st- I loved it at the end. Like... Because it's a film about love and about acceptance, like the film completely shifts. Um, so then, after she commits all these murders, she has to go on the run, obviously. And um, she uh, <laughs> she goes into a it's like a train station or like a bus station or something. And she's in a she's in the bathroom and she like shaves her head and she like shaves off her eyebrows because she sees like a, a poster of like someone that's missing. And they keep bringing it up in the film, and then it's it's just like that this this kid the search continues with this kid that went missing like seventeen years ago, and uh, she like looks at herself and she's like I still don't look like that kid, so she tries to like punch herself in the nose and break it, and that doesn't work, and then she, her eyes just glance down at the at the sink that she's at, and the entire audience just went, oh no, like there was literally a groan from everyone in the audience and she like you know measures up her face to it and like her nose and then she just rams her face into it and uh, breaks her nose no um, <laughs> and it's like like that's the type of violence that's in the film yeah yeah it's mutilation <laughs> self mutilation stuff Fuck like that. that um the nose but that's the see that's the best thing like the nose is the peak and then from that we move on to a completely different film mm. that's like like beautiful is the only word I can describe it. So loving and so funny, like really, really funny. There's loads of like, <laughs> like bits that are you will end up laughing at. Um, and the dad, the dad character is this man that's like lost his son, and has now refound his son, like in his eyes because she pretends to be his son, and like that's where the film completely changes. Meanwhile, she's trying to hide the fact that she's you know pregnant. And also with a car, yeah. with a car. <laughs> and also that like she's trying to hide the fact that she's you know her body the body of a woman, whereas she's 
identifying for this for this man as a man. Mm. So you know, there's obviously like gender stuff going on there. And by the end of the film, um, she it is kind of a now that I'm saying it, it is actually it is a coming out story because she has to like you know she reveals herself at one stage to be you know female and he's like yeah I don't care you're still I still love you you're still my son um and I'm only thinking about it now I was thinking about this film the entire way through of it being like a trans like a uh, a female to male uh story but now that I'm actually thinking about it it's a male like in his for the father's perspective perspective it's a male to female transition and mm. he's like oh no it's fine I still love you you're still my child and that's what the whole story is um which is you know trans women are always women so that's yeah, how that kind of yeah. works that reading of the film works that way um really really good really really good film yeah, how's the car it. come into it at the end <sighs> the car or is that like a spoiler man it's like not brought up at all i think the whole thing about like the car yeah, is that something to do with the the plate or whatever trauma in the past see i think that like she's like a her job is She's like, you know, car shows. I've never been to a car show, but you know, like car shows that have like women dancing on cars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's her job, and like, so like, you know, sexuality and you know, cars and machinery, which are very masculine things, mm. are like seen throughout the film, and the fact that she has sex with a car and she's like, kind of, she's like, tied up in the car, kind of well fucking the car um <laughs> like she's riding that at that fucking uh is she inside gear the stick. Car? oh yeah she's uh, she's inside the, the car stick, on yeah. the gear stick <laughs> um i don't know a whale of a time she is <laughs> um <laughs> so what are automatic cars i suppose they have a gear stick as well yeah but they handbrake i'm sure they'll do the job <laughs> <laughs> that car is having a whale of a time too yeah, let me say that thing is bouncing up and down it's lights flashing it's having a great time that's good um but uh, so like metal in the film is definitely like a masculine thing, like a masculine force in the film. So if you read into the film that way, and you look at the fact that she was in a car crash with her dad, you can kind of read that being something something else happening with her father, some other form of a traumatic event happening. It's not explicitly said in the film that that's what it is but there's hints of the fact that the dad her biological dad doesn't like their relationship is frayed they don't really talk anymore um and you know if you look at that there's a metal plate in her head this traumatic event has physically scarred her Mm. um and then she you know has this metal fetish and she's like you know maybe like abused by men like the car fucking her and stuff like that um and then she has her uh, her stomach and stuff like that is like bits of metal are bulging out of it. There's like there's a bit where like uh, her stomach splits and you can see like uh, this like chrome metallic titanium mm. womb essentially that's popping out and stuff like that. Um, it's it's like you can read into the film that way as well. And like the father then that has adopted her, you know, accepts. That like he's like yeah this is fine don't worry about it and like there's a bit where like he turns away in horror and she's like wincing in pain is like okay let's like like let's, I accept this let's do this let's make sure that you're okay and stuff like that. Mm. That sounds rough. It is rough, but it's yeah. it's also like you know really heartwarming. There's a beautiful dance scene in the film. It's two great dance scenes. 
and that you can also you know the second one you can kind of read into in terms of you know sexuality and stuff like that because mm. i like, can't be a dancing these days you can't be a dancing man them. nothing better yeah, yeah nothing better than a good than are a good boogie <laughs> are they more prevalent these days or something i feel like they are i don't know i've seen i've definitely seen way more films that the have dancing dance yeah. like the best and even like in terms of tv show the best scene and it's always sunny is the dance scene and that and it's always sunny oh really when mac mac uh like max gay mm. it's like a recurring joke throughout it's always sunny yeah and then they like they, for one for an episode that's like like he comes out to his dad and he does a true dance and the dance is his relationship with god and stuff like that mm. and i watched it stoned and it i, I was almost in tears like this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's something about it like Another round had a great dance you can sit Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen it yet. But it's very, very good. Because it's like, it's just like bodies, like you can emote so much with your body. Yeah. So dancing helps with that. Pure experience. Yeah. Pure experience. Also, loads of dancing in John Malkovich as well. Very true. Very true. Which is our recommended film of the two weeks. Of the two weeks. Being John Malkovich, directed by Spike Jones, written by the great Shirley Kaufman. Starring John Cusack and, and John Malkovich. And John Malkovich <laughs> and Cameron Diaz and Catherine Keener. Whoever that is. Um, okay, being John Malkovich, plot synopsis. One day at work, unsuccessful puppet- puppeteer Craig finds a portal into the head of actor John Malkovich. The portal soon, become, soon becomes a passion for anybody who enters its mad and controlling world of overtaking another human body mm. yeah this film is not what i expected it to be at all <laughs> oh, this movie's not, mad. not what i perceived it to be because i know everyone knows about this film everyone's hugely. mad that i've seen this film 1999 everyone's seen this film yeah a hugely famous film everyone knows it and uh, but i had never seen it i'd only seen like I don't, you know those Sky One clip shows they used to do? Yeah. It's like, oh, craziest moments in films, greatest characters in film history and all this stuff. I'd only seen clips from it and people talking about it on, like, those clip shows. Yeah. I always had this idea that it was like, it was just like a, I don't know, like a vanity piece for John Malkovich or something. Because <laughs> that's what you, like, naturally assume. Yeah. Being John Malkovich, but, like, that's the actor. That's his actual name, you know? And he's the main character in the film. But he's not even the main character, really. And also... It's just the main subject matter. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, yeah, it's not even really about him. And it was written before he even got involved. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a, and John Cusack is, like, the main guy. Yeah. For the first, you know, hour. And he looks like shit. He's in bits. <laughs> he is in bits. He looks so bad. Yeah, yeah. He kind of looks like... He kind of looks like David Foster Wallace. Did you get that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he would have been good as... They, they, did a, they did a film with him, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did have... They had Jason Seagal or something. Jason Seagal, yeah. Who also looked really good in that film. Mm, yeah, I never saw it though, but... John Cusack is really... John Cusack is, is a great actor. Yeah. A great actor. He's not in much, but he is very good. Very good. I've only, like ever cool seen, I've only ever seen him in shit movies for the most part. Yeah, 2012 and all. And Cell. Seriously, Cell. I've never seen Cell. Cell is so bad. With uh, Sam Jackson. Yeah, it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, being John Malkovich, not what I expected whatsoever. It's no. very, very Kaufman though. Very, very Kaufman. Very Kaufman. Kaufman. And it's also Spike Jones' directorial debut. Mm. Like, how the fuck... Do you make this your first film? Yeah, yeah. In terms of actually pulling it off. Also, like, how do you get this script made? Yeah. Because this script, Kaufman wrote the script, like, uh, 
on spec like he wrote it without any kind of involvement from anyone else mm. he wrote it by himself called and it was called being john malkovich it's yeah. about john malkovich like how like if that didn't work like people would just be like that's Kaufman. that's the guy who wrote a script about john malkovich for mm. no reason he's like that guy's a fucking that, weirdo that guy's a freak yeah he's a freak you know but he got spike jones involved because of uh coppola coppola yeah you're saying it's like bit of nepotism or something yeah. but spike jones is a great is a great director anyway like yeah because he only did like skateboard videos and music videos before this yeah he was huge in the the skate scene and uh he'd done all he kind of worked his way up and um just like working you know working on the streets literally on the streets um but yeah his, his was it his father-in-law was francis ford coppola something like that he's some relation to and uh he got the he um oh no no because yeah jones got attached to the to Kaufman's script mm-hmm. and that's how it got to John Malkovich because Co- Jones was like uh, here uh, father-in-law please send this on to John yeah, Malkovich yeah sort this out yeah yeah and then he got he got a, a meeting with uh, John Malkovich for Spike Jones, and they basically had to ne- basically talk John Malkovich down from like I'm you know, not doing this yeah yeah sending them down to security yeah. or something like <laughs> calling the cops you know because it's just an insane idea the whole idea is yeah. absolutely flat out insane. The fact that it's a real person. Yeah. Like, I don't it's know. It's so weird. It's, yeah. even like, it's like, yeah, it's about this portal that goes into John Malkovich's head and like, no real reason for it, it just is. Just is, yeah. Um, John Malkovich is really great in this film. He's He is very good, yeah. He's fantastic in this film. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen's also in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That is weird though. Oh, I saw Charlie <laughs> yeah. Sheen I was like, yeah, this is 1999. And he plays himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very cool though. But it's a, it's it's very funny film. Yeah, uh, great black comedy. Yeah, also Cameron Diaz in this. She's amazing. She's by far the best part about this she's film. She's by a mile by the a best. Mile. I had no idea she was doing stuff like this yeah. back then. Because this was, and she's like not glamorous at all. Yeah, she's real like frumpy, kind of like oh, like quirky, mm. like strange character. Yeah. Very very strange. She's not like a sex symbol or whatever. But like, when did she start? When did she get big? I have no idea. Because there's something about Mary who was 98. I know that was big for her in her career mm. but then this is the year after and she's already doing like these mad art house films I have no where idea. she's like playing the opposite of what you perceive her to be mm-hmm. I don't know how her career panned out but like or how it like started but it's I just I found it so bizarre that she was in it yeah she, yeah, I did not expect that at all and she's great in it as well she's so good yeah, like yeah. it's everyone is fantastic in this film because mm, it's, it's it's a or the premise is what three the premise has nothing to do with John Malkovich pretty much it's like a, a three way tr- love triangle oh, obviously it's through it's a love triangle between Craig it's a John- four way love triangle <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a four pointed triangle it's a uh, Craig John Cusack's character um, Lottie Cameron Diaz's character and then Maxine mm-hmm. and Maxine works with Craig at this weird office place oh yeah I forgot and I forgot the, about that the <laughs> office for some reason like the office is at like it's on level seven and a half so the, the office is, is is half sized so they're all walking <laughs> around hunched over really really low ceilings yeah I don't I, I I thought they explained why that was but like they just didn't no not really I think like like the world of this film is so weird and I think it does a great job of like setting up its weirdness as like, yeah, like it's just an office building, seven and a half, like all the, all the roofs are really small and all the people in the office are really weird. And there's also a portal into John, into John Malkovich's mm. head. Yeah, yeah, just behind like, when the when, the when the portal comes into it, you're like, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so bizarre. 
But yeah, John or uh, Craig is trying to get out with Maxine because he's like kind of smitten with her. She's like she works in the office. Everyone in the office is really weird. They all miss here. The part where 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 Craig is in the office and he's talking to the secretary and he's talking to the uh, the <laughs> Doctor Lester. The bo- yeah, Lester. And they're all miss. They keep mishearing him. That was like driving me <laughs> mad. I was like, these people. Like, oh, it was just like so annoying. But like, that's obviously the point. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking secretary. It's very funny though. Yeah, the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks she's. He's like sexually harassing her, and he's just like, no. He's like pure, pure Kaufman kind of character. He's like, no, I, I, I think uh, you're misunderstanding. I, what I'm saying. I, again, Kaufman is clearly in this movie where he's the yeah. pathetic incel character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, he has. He's married. He's married to Lottie. Uh, Cameron Diaz back back in the gaff, and uh, they have like a, a monkey. They have chimpanzees. They've, they have iguanas. They've fucking everything. They have all these mad animals and stuff. Um, and he he's, he has this he has this pining for this other woman in the office, but at the same time he has like Lottie at home, and like you feel like it's gonna play out. Or obviously you know it's a Kaufman film, so you're like something's gonna happen here. But in a conventional understanding, you'd be like, uh Craig's trying to get with Maxine. This is gonna be like, uh Lottie's gonna find out at some stage. Uh, you know, you can see where it's going. Yeah, but it like re- it like reverses it. Yeah, it, that's, like, that's it just turns the tables like out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like because the portal to John Malkovich's head just changes that dynamic entirely. Yeah, 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 the portal completely changes it because Maxine. Once they find out about the portal, Craig and Maxine are like, "We're going to make money off this." Mm-hmm. And um, either way, as well, the like she doesn't. Even, Maxine never even tries it out. But she just accepts that that's a real thing. She's like, yeah, you're not crazy. Yeah, I'm sure, sure this is real. Yeah, yeah. And she, she decides to get with John Malkovich. But in the meantime, Craig has showed the portal to Lottie. Mm-hmm. And Lottie is in John Malkovich's body for like 50 minutes at a time. However long is allowed by the portal. Mm-hmm. And she ends up like developing a relationship with Maxine. Yeah. She via also, John Malkovich. She also realizes that she's trans. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. That's basically that's the whole point, pretty much, of yeah. the film. Which I did, I had no idea this film was about that. I was amazed. I was like, because like it is such a great like thought experiment. It's like if you could literally live inside someone's head for like fifty minutes and experience everything that they, that they could, I think that would be addictive. I imagine that a lot of people would realize, oh shit, I am trans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like the thrill yeah. of it or something, you know? Or like because there's a huge. It's part of the plot point when they develop it into like a business where they're making money mm-hmm. off it. They charge people two hundred dollars, and they're placing ads in the newspapers, uh, which just uh, just says, uh, "Do you want to be someone else?" Yeah, do you want to be someone else? If you could be someone else for fifteen minutes, would you? And like people are lining up around the the little mini corridors mm-hmm. in the in the office block. Like people want to be someone else, even if it's only for a fleeting moment. They want to escape whatever, uh, whoever they feel trapped in their their lives. You know, their mind. Um, you know, to experience something outside their their usual kind of day to day lives, you mm. know, the mundanity. Because like when I was watching it, and you have like uh, Craig, who's like this struggling artist who like you know has to be forced into this office job, yeah. and like the the literal like weight of the office makes him hunch over because it's all like cramped yeah, and narrow. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it is like mad Kaufman esque like that, mm. but that it completely shifts from that point. Like that's just like a it's that's just kind of a note that's in the film that you look that's at just like the that. Premise. The premise. But then it turns it around. Then it turns it into something completely different and something completely existential. Mm. And to, not in terms of like the capitalist pressures on people, or whatever. It's like yeah, no, it's no, like I, that, yeah. like identity and gender and sexuality all come into question if you could experience like everything from someone else's point of view. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
it's very good how it does that because mm-hmm. I just wasn't I wasn't I had no idea that was going to happen you know they just kind of pull the rug from under your feet yeah and suddenly it's about something else altogether because initially Lottie is set up as a side character she's set up as the the poor wife left, yeah. left in the gaff while Craig runs off and has his phone with Maxine but she becomes the main character yeah. very very quickly oh yeah she is the main character yeah yeah within the first half because Craig's an absolute fucking psychopath <laughs> yeah yeah because you start out it's like being John Malkovich it's about John Malkovich mm-hmm. No, wait, it's about John Cusack, who's also in this film for some reason. Oh, wait, it's about Cameron Diaz, Yeah, you know? It's actually, about, like, it's actually about Lottie. Yeah, it's about Lottie. Yeah, um, I thought that was mad. She's like the, the trans kind of uh, reading there. Yeah, and she goes into John Malkovich and then Maxine has... She doesn't have sex with John Malkovich yet. She goes on a dinner date with him and Lottie sees Maxine through the eyes of John Malkovich, which allows, which allows her to just have pure... I don't know how to phrase it, but, like, just to look at her. Like, just to properly, like, look at her without any, like... With different eyes. With different eyes, but, like, without the... Without the constraints of, you know... Of her being Lottie. Of her being Lottie. She can yeah. just look at her. Like, from... Like, literally from, mm. a, from a male perspective, I guess. Not from a... Like, not... Not from a male perspective, but, like, just to... From a third point of view yeah. or something like that. and she falls in love with her. And she's like, she's the most beautiful one I've ever seen. Mm. And even when she first gets into his body, when she's first shown by Craig, and he's in the shower, mm. and she's all, like, she's, like, fiddling around with all the different, like, yeah. you know, all the bits. bits and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh. She's like, oh, shit, this feels right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I was not expecting that from the film at all. Mm. And I was like, I was like, that's cool. Because, like, that is what would happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. someone would go into that machine, would have something like that happen to them. I'm like, yeah, no, I am trans. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but then you have, uh, Craig is a puppeteer. That's what he does. That's what his dream is, and yeah. he like that's such a Kaufman thing. It is such a Kaufman. <laughs> thing. <laughs> He's a puppeteer. But the reason why he loves being a puppeteer is that he likes to you know, live in other people's skin. Like, he sees, like, he's controlling people, essentially, when he's a puppeteer. So Idealizing them. You know. Getting them to do what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, Like, he has, like, he has a puppet of himself and Maxine, he, like, they start kissing and they start, like, grinding on each other. Maxine would not touch him with a 10-foot pole because he is rotten looking. (laughs) Yeah, he's in bits. He's in bits. Um, but in his fantasy world, he can, he can do that. But then when he gets into John Malkovich's head, he realizes... I have a bit more control here. Like I can actually, I can actually wear him like a like a like a glove and like take over John Malkovich's mind, um, and so he tricks Maxine because Maxine has agreement with Lottie, which is like, and Maxine's like, yeah, Lottie, I really like you, but like I really like you when you're in Malkovich because I can see like two people in love with me at the same time, mm. and she's like in a similar vein to. Craig, she's like playing everyone like puppets as well. She's mad into like power and controlling people. Um, wasn't a fan of the ending in that term because like Maxine's like kind of like she gets away scot free. She she's the bitch. Yeah, no, she's she's the villain. <laughs> she's the villain of the story until yeah. Craig is more of a more of a villain. But she's like part of that plot as well. Yeah, they're two villains. They deserved each other. Yeah, and then they just get off. She gets off scot free. Mm, like she pure manipulated everyone in the situation. Yeah, the ending altogether is pretty fucked up, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like. But the, after that, because like we've only it's only halfway in what we talked about. Because then there's like this whole other thing, <laughs> where the like I don't know the, the, the boss, the boss uh, Craig's boss in the the building, 
is actually uh I don't know, he's like 150 years old. He's part of a cult. He's part of some kind of cult where they've figured out how to transfer their consciousnesses into younger bodies and survive basically indefinitely. Live forever. Live forever in different vessels. And they've they started out as a, an Irish immigrant uh, traveling over to yeah, New York. It's just like fucking Halloween 3 all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Irish. It's the <laughs> Irish. And he built like this business up. And then he uh, he was able to transfer his consciousness into this other guy, Lester. And Lester's his body is like the you know decaying at this stage. Um, and the way that they transfer bodies is through this portal. And to hide the portal, they built an office block around it. Mm-hmm. And the next vessel that they're scheduled to enter on the forty fourth birth- birthday of the of the vessel is John Malkovich, like the actor, mm-hmm. like in the story, like. And um, so that's obviously all thrown kind of thrown awry when Craig and Maxine just find out about the portal and Craig is suddenly occupying Malkovich's body. And so uh, Lottie and Lester have to work together with the other like ghostly old people to reclaim Malkovich's... It's like, what's happening? Gonna be honest, thought that I, I, I like when the cold stuff comes to like, this is, I did not like that. I thought, no, I thought it was, I, just, I thought it was kind of in sync with the story. Yeah, but I just like, ah, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a bit stupid, like... It's a bit stupid. It's I, a bit. It's I a was, bit complicated was, for complication's sake. Like. Yeah, because I was really into it. And then when that came into, it's like, oh, really? Mm, I'm a fan of this now. Because yeah. I liked it. I liked everything when it was just like, you know, Craig like taking control of Malkovich and like being able to like he's a fucking loser. But then when he's John Malkovich, he's fucking John Malkovich. He can do whatever he wants. He's rich <laughs> and he's famous. And so he can become a puppet, a puppeteer, like a really, really famous puppeteer. Yeah, and that's like, the whole sequence is very, very funny. Yeah, it's like John Malkovich has changed the world of puppeteering. <laughs> you got fucking Sean. Yeah, Sean, Sean Penn. Yeah, yeah Sean yeah, Penn's yeah. like, man, I feel like more of his actors are going to become puppeteering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the medium's kind of been, uh, kind of been done. You know, we're going to all move into puppeteering. It's very funny, very, very, very meta. You know, mm. like because because the initial impression that I always had was that this is like a vanity thing. Yeah, but like. It's all taking the piss out of John Malkovich. <laughs> like, all of it. It's so... Yeah, and, like, like, actors in general. Like. And everyone's just like, yeah, he's kind of famous, but he's not <laughs> that famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and John Malkovich is great in this film. He's so good, He's yeah. so... Because he's, like, playing... He's playing the character... Like, he's playing a character, a caricature of himself. But the bits where, like, people are, like, taking him over, like, a little bit, is, like, really... His acting in it is really well done. Yeah. Like, you can feel, like, that, like... The frustration, yeah. Like, the frustration, but, like, when Craig, for the first time, uh, has Malkovich say something, like, it does feel like Malkovich is being taken over by someone, and he's fighting against it, because he says something, it's like, what the fuck, I didn't say that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, something's controlling me. It's like, I didn't, I didn't want to grab, like, the chair or whatever, I didn't want to do that, but, like... My body is like going against me. Yeah, when he's having sex with Maxine. Yeah, he's like, "That wasn't me. That wasn't me." He's like, <laughs> that, he, "That wasn't me." He's like, he's like <laughs> "I didn't do that." <laughs> Someone else did that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that'd be good. But uh, <laughs> classic excuse, John. Classic Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> We've all tried that one, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me. But yeah, I'm not uh, into that. <laughs> but yeah, the whole the whole cult thing's very unnecessary. But they needed, I think they needed a reason yeah, narratively. You need a third act. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it kind of, I don't know, like it kind of ran out of steam. Or they would have had to find some other reason to for like a kind of showdown or to mm. like lure Craig out of Malkovich's body. But it was, it was very, very, very stupid. Yeah, yeah. but it is all about like control, like controlling people. 
Mm. And, you know, experiencing things, whatever. Yeah, identity, the mind. What is the mind, you know? It's a cool, like, thought experiment played out in the film. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was very... At uh, one stage, I was extremely satisfied because I was just like... I was sitting there and I was like, what would happen if John Malkovich goes into the hole? Like, what ha- What does he see then? But he did go into the hole, didn't he? He does, but it was before that. Like, oh, yeah. It was literally the scene before and I was like, what would happen if John Malkovich goes into the hole? And we get to see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like loads of John... He's like in a weird restaurant and there are loads of John Malkovich eyes yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like... John Malkovich as like the head of John Malkovich with like like giant boobs and women <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was very funny. Mm. That was very good stuff. But yeah, that that's a good. It's a good one though. It is a good one. It's a good one. Um, what do you think of the ending then? The ending is fucked up. I didn't understand the ending at the end mm. when when I first well, like as I was watching it, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, really. I just knew that uh, Maxine and Lottie were like together because yeah. Maxine had become preg- pregnant by Malkovich but it had happened while Lottie was inhabiting the body so Lottie was the father so Lottie was the father and Craig but Craig was within Malkovich had been in Malkovich for eight months at that stage and mm-hmm. become famous as a puppeteer so they had to lure Craig out and that's where the, the cult come in yeah and it's like that was all that's like a wild kind of caper kind of thing it doesn't I didn't really I wasn't really paying attention. Really, yeah. I'm not sure how they got him out. The bit where they go through, like, because when Craig is in John Malkovich, Maxine runs into the hole, and Lottie follows after, and they go through John Malkovich's subconscious, and like it was very much like um, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I, I like they're running through. Like, they go through a door, and then they're in somewhere else, and they go through a hatch, and then they're, like, into a different memory, like, running through his subconscious and memories yeah. and stuff like that. When they're in the classroom and all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never knew how many, like, ways you could take the piss out of John Malkovich's name. <laughs> what was it, like, Malco piss and stuff like that when Malco he pissed piss. himself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, by the end, then, it's just, like, they get Craig out of the, out of the brain, of John Malkovich and the cult leader Lester said like oh yeah we have to wait until when the person's 44 that's when they're ripe and you can take them over really easily but once you miss the 44th birthday it goes down to the next uh, vessel the next vessel yeah and if they're a child you just get absorbed by the child like you get absorbed by the mind of the child and you can't exist there but Craig doesn't know that and Craig hops into the into the old tunnel and we see that Craig is in the next vessel, but the next vessel is Lottie and Maxine's child. She's like eight or something. Mm. And Craig is forever stuck in the mind of this child. And he has to just watch Maxine and Lottie live their lesbian life forever. Yeah, that's fucked up. Fucked up. You know, because Maxine's, you know, she deserved... She's a bitch. She deserved, <laughs> you know, the same. She deserved the same fate. But, yeah, I didn't get that at the at the end. I was like, what's going on here? It's but that is fucked up, though. It kind of felt like Black Mirror-y. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely a Black Mirror kind of premise. Mm. Yeah. It's just kind of thought experiment, which is basically Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. But it was good. It was a good film. Definitely. I enjoyed it. The trans thing, though, kind of got dropped after a while, I felt like. 
They didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they kind of because nothing happens at the end. Like just yeah. Malkovich goes back to being Malkovich, but with the cult in his head. No, no, no. He's like he's not. He's like he's taken over by the cult. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he's still. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, like John Malkovich is lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Poor like John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, he kind of loses at the end of this. Yeah. But he's the, he's a victim. He's the victim. He's the real victim here. Um, but yeah, yeah, they did kind of drop that. Because I wish they. Shame. I wish they. I wish like when they flash forward like. Lottie has transitioned. I wish that we saw, we I wish we saw that because development of that arc. Yeah, I wish it went somewhere. Um, so and I wish the the cult stuff. I didn't like. I knew that it was it. You needed it for the plot, but I was just like, ah, <laughs> like yeah. you know. It's I wish it wasn't stupid. a cult. I wish it was. I just wish it was Lester. If it was just Lester, I'd be down for it. Yeah, I don't think that like I doesn't... didn't cotton on that it was a cult until like I was watching videos back because. Mm. I knew there was all those old people in the other room, but I didn't realize that they were also in the in the body. Yeah, they were all going into the body. Like that, was, there's no need for that. No, just have Lester be like this weird kind of like wizard from the past. Yeah, because why is he bringing them with him? He doesn't need to do that. Sound. Yes, I guess he is. <laughs> but like, why would you? Yeah, I guess it's just like if you wait, help me out. Well, like, wait, why are they? Like, are they vessels as well? No, they're just people. Just old just, people. Just old people that he, that he knows. But then he'd be trapped in the body of someone else. Yeah, and you can't... You can't do anything. That sounds horrible. Yeah, There's I don't know. There's prisoners, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's I don't know. victims. No idea. Yeah. Could have done without that. I wish it was... I don't, I don't mind it being that Lester was using it the entire time, mm. but I felt like the cult aspect of it wasn't needed, and I don't think you needed to have multiple people going into Malkovich. It could have just been Lester. Yeah. Because none of them did anything except for Lester. There's no point, yeah. Lester at least contributed. Like, he's there at the start, and it's mm. very funny. So it kind of makes sense, but all in all, all in all, still a good all film. All in all, it's still a still a decent watch. Yeah, decent watch. At least, at least an eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave it, I gave it a four on that box. So, yeah. so yeah. Kaufman, you done it again. You, done it again. You, you, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen adaptation? I have not. Yeah, that's that's the film he did after Malkovich. Is that that's with the uh, Cage? Is it? Yeah, Nick Cage yeah. is in it, and Meryl Streep, and there's two. Kaufman's not, that's a weird film I haven't seen that film in a very I watched that film and I hadn't a fucking breeze what was going on when did you watch it? years ago like f- four or five years ago mm. I have to watch it again so. same thing with Synecdoche I feel like if I watch Synecdoche as well I don't understand that better we have to watch that man yeah we have to watch that Synecdoche Synecdoche New York Synecdoche go Kaufman my uh, bastard <laughs> what's he up to next? Not much, man. He des- like he. D- I feel like his films are really hard for him to make because they're just batshit insane. Yeah. Plus, there's probably a lot of uh, digging deep. It's like therapy sessions probably involved. Yeah. This is just about him. Yeah, but they're also really human. Like you know what I mean? Like, I well, yeah, it's about him though. He just he gets people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Anomalisa? No, you're saying that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, it's mean. To- that's on Netflix, isn't it? Or it was? It was on Netflix. Yeah. That's worth the watch. Mm. Yeah. But the main character's a mad asshole in it. But that's kind of the point. All right. Again, kind of Kaufman-esque. Kaufman, anytime Kaufman is in one of his films, he's the asshole. Self-loathing. Yeah. You know, he's Self-de- too smart. Self-deprecating, but lovable. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The um, David Foster Wallace vibe. Yeah, he really did look like David Foster Wallace. What? Like I put like oh, yeah Craig yeah yeah because yeah. I pulled up a picture from his sister was like that looks like 
Baby Foster Wallace doesn't it? She's like, Jesus, it does. So it's like, they're taking the piss out of him. <laughs> this is before his time, wasn't it? Before he's big, anyway. 99, I don't know. I can't remember. I have no idea. I think Infinite Jess came out before 99. Yeah, it was 95, wasn't it? Actually? Yeah. yeah. So he, was, he would have been known. Must have been him. Imagine that. <laughs> Must have been. <laughs> Coffin's just making a dig at him. You pathetic villain. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is fucking incel. Yeah. Jesus, he was a mad well, incel. He was an incel, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> God. <laughs> It's pain because at the start I was like, "Oh, is this our main character? Are you for real?" And then it's like, "Oh, it's not." Lottie is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's way better. God bless. God bless Cameron Diaz. God bless. Uh, we move on to listener questions. Let's do it. If you'd like to ask a question, uh, or give us feedback, or whatever, you can get to us at Paro underscore Pod on Twitter or on Instagram, or you can email us at theparopod at gmail dot com. Our first question is coming in from Liam, and Liam is asking us. Let me pull up the question. Liam is asking us. Do 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 do. <laughs> Based on the cars talk that we had last week. Well, since you said body, how do the cars in cars fuck? I think this question was answered in Southland Tales. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One exhaust pipe turns into a penis, one turns into a vagina, the cars mount each other, and they fuck. Mm, yeah, maybe. But maybe would they not do it in, like, a different kind of way? Maybe. Like, you know, the way fish, you know, they spray it everywhere. Maybe they do. Maybe Lightning McQueen <laughs> just sprays his goo everywhere. Yeah, his exhaust fluid is already. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm driving. <laughs> oh, shifting gear. Ciao. <laughs> yeah. And Mater's is like, get her dead. <laughs> Mater's the bottom. Oh, Mater is a power bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah that's a disturbing thought, yeah. Do you think that cars do missionary or anything, or is it just straight-up doggy all the time? Uh, they, they can't do missionary, can they? they it's couldn't too get dangerous up. for them. They couldn't get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely, like... I don't think they can get it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely uh, that Rule 34 porno out there about cars. I feel like I've seen it. Let's look at I it right those, now. Those ads, yeah. Live, Live reaction right now. Oh, wait. Uh, Pixar... Cars. Oh yeah, you need to clarify. Fuck up, just like a porn. Some results may be explicit. I don't want. Thi- I don't. Want to- yeah, there we there go. There you go. Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> What's going on? What's this? Ah, it's exactly as we theorized. Yeah, this is basically. Yeah, it is just. Well, that's a different composition, isn't it? The yeah. It's like Kama Sutra. Yeah, it is exactly how he said. <laughs> yeah, it is just... There's the not cars, much you can do. The cars What's mount each other. <laughs> that car is a dildo. The traffic cone dildo. Where is this? Look, you see the one up to the right. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the cars from Car 3. That's the one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at that. That's grim. Oh, yeah. Algorithm's... Goose man. Yeah, my algorithm is <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Guard are gonna knock up to my door tomorrow. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, they'll be on bikes as well, just in case something happens. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Titan might have been a Cars prequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a part of the extended universe, maybe. <laughs> 
So there you go. That's how the car is fucking. Anyway. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. We've answered that question anyway. So. Yeah, there you go. We can we can now move swiftly on to our next question. This one's coming in from Patrick, and Patrick is asking us what is the best live action remake and what is the worst. I'm gonna add in what's the worst live action remake. The best live action remake. I I'm not sure. Scooby Doo. That is a very good live action remake. I'm actually going to look some fuel. In terms of worst one, Lion King. Lion King remake. Easily the worst. Grey, brown sludge of a film. Just, I mean, I talked about it on podcast before, but Jesus, that film is so bad. That film is so, so bad. Mm. Uh, Lady and the Tramp. Remember that came out? Oh, that looks really weird. It looks really bad. I've no, I haven't seen it. haven't seen it, but I guarantee it's bad. No one talks about that film, so. See the only live action remake of uh, Lilo and Stitch. That could be really good or really bad. Yeah, because you feel like that's kind of that kind of would be suited to it, but if it depends can, how it's done. Obviously, it depends on how Stitch looks. If Stitch looks cute, it looks like a Sonic the Hedgehog kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I watched Detective Pikachu. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Is that good? Well, it was it was grand. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, it was as good as something that, like that could have been. The Bulbasaur's were class, and that's all I cared about. I'm I'm part of the Bulbasaur nation. That's my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Hands up for the Bulbasaur's. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulbasaur nation. Uh, Alice in Wonderland maybe kind of slept on. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. That's a really creepy one as well. Like when she's jumping across the the river and there's like the mm. heads. Yeah, Tim Burton. He he's kind of he he was like kind of perfect for that, I suppose. Mm. Um, other than that, it's all just Disney films, isn't it? Most of them are just. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, we're just answering. The Disney ones basically are all that you can think of. Because um, they didn't really do them that often until... Until recently, yeah. Until recently with Disney. Cheaper Boy doesn't... How is that? Is that a remake? There must be a remake. There must be an animated thing for it. Transformers is a pretty bad one. Or a good one, depending on how you're looking at it. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. I'd say that's actually a very good one. Yeah. Oh, the first one anyway. Yeah. Second yeah. one is the worst. It's one of the worst live action remakes. Um. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. Paddington. Paddington yeah. is one of the better ones. Yeah, that's 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 animation, isn't it? Yeah. Originally. Originally. Or was a car- was was Paddington a cartoon or something like beforehand? I've only ever seen him as a drawing. I've no idea, no idea. I'm assuming that was a. It was a uh, cartoon beforehand. What do you think about the Jungle Book one? Did you see that was one? Was that remade? The Jungle Book one with and Christopher Walken is uh No. King Louis, did you not see that one? No, no. It was grand. Yeah. King Louis is massive in it. He was huge. He was like King Kong. Really? Yeah, big, huge orangutan. Was that the first one that they made? I feel like it was. That's it was ages ago, one. It? it was definitely one of the first ones because I think they did Cinderella. Because Cinderella's a, a beloved one. Oh, that makes that's there's loads of live action Cinderella mm. films, you know. But even before the uh, the animation, because mm. just looking at the list there, it's all uh, all the like the Jungle Book had a li- it was live action before it was animated. Same as Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. They're all. Uh, Old black and white films or films from the forties or the fifties. Mad. <clears throat> say they're shite though. I say they are shite. <laughs> I'm sure they're shite. 
Space Jam. Space Jam? Yeah, what do you think of Space Jam? I love Space Jam. I thought Space Jam was great. Oh, I didn't watch the new one, though. <laughs> Obviously not. But <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> but uh, I love Space Jam. SpongeBob SquarePants movie, I guess, can- counts. It does turn into a live-action film. Yeah, I suppose. That's yeah. a cheeky answer, though. Yeah. That is a cheeky answer. Yeah, that's a bit of a, a, bit of a rascal answer there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Looney Tunes. Uh, what's the one with Brendan Fraser in it? Looney Tunes with Brendan Fraser? Yeah, yeah. Did you see that? No. It's Space Jam, but with Brendan Fraser in it. They're in the jungle. Looney I have Tunes. not seen this film. Looney Tunes action. What's it called? Live action. What's it called? George is Jungle as well, and he's saying Brendan Fraser. Mm. Looney Tunes back in action. Two thousand three. Never seen that film. You've never seen that? No. Nah, you have. Show me a photo over there. It's the I've never seen never that. Never seen that. Come on. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember it being good. That's Brendan Fraser in it, and uh, Timothy Dalton, and Steve Martin. Mad. That it is can't m- be bad. <laughs> that can't be bad. There's too much good going on. <laughs> Man, I'm looking at this list here, and cheeky answers coming into here. It's like the Dark Knight. Ah, come on, come on! Come you can't, on. you can't count That's like like, like Marvel films. Stuff. I'm not counting that. Yeah, come on, like, get just the want fuck. to be top of every list. Yeah, no, 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 no. We need a bit of variety here. We need something that was a car, like a proper cartoon. Mmm. Yeah. I, I think like Looney Tunes, something like that. Yeah, Looney Tunes probably. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo has aged beautifully. Mm, they need more, maybe. They're maybe. Like, yeah. I want more. Like, actually, no. Did they? Maybe not. But like, yeah, maybe not. Did you see the Dora Explorer one? No, I didn't. I saw. I think I, I feel like I saw a clip. That's just such a weird one. <laughs> is that out? That is out. Yeah, Dora, Dora the Explorer in the Lost City or something like that. Oh my god! Oh, I, I saw the poster anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like so confusing. Like. That's just is, that's such a weird concept. Yeah, why? I have no idea. Why? That's like way more expensive than animating it, you know? But I, less people will watch it. Yeah, because it's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, because there's no one it's going to be bad. Because it's not going to be bad. It might not be bad, but it sure as fuck isn't going to be good. It's not going to be as good as the animation, mm. anyway. So you're kind of you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there. You yeah. Know? I'd love a Simpsons live action just to see what that looks like. Uh, I would not like that at all. Just... Well, they might as well. They might as well go. The, if they're going to ruin the legacy, they might as well go the whole hog <laughs> and make a, a live action kind of thing. You know. Yeah. What if they just didn't? If they didn't make them yellow, if they just had like. If they're just normal people. They're just normal people, but like that's Homer, that's Mars, that's Mikey, that's whatever. That'd be. So, I don't know. What's like, the point? Yeah. What's the point? What's then? the point? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sitcom. Yeah. yeah. Well, they could do that and like make it like really realistic, like a neo-realist kitchen sink drama. You know, mm. but it's like imagine that. That yeah. that could be a good idea. Yeah, like that a, could a reimagine like a Ken Lo- a Ken Loach one. <laughs> Ken Loach Simpsons, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just about the work. Like Homer is a working class man trying yeah, to yeah struggling. Bart gets like goes to juvie or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see that happening? I can see that. Well, I can't see it happening, but yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. We leave it at that. We'll leave it there. So. Our, uh, recommend a film? I recommend a film for episode 69. Yeah, yeah we did it, boys. We, it. we fucking made it. Our final episode. Um, no, no, but episode 69, our recommended film. It's going to be David Cronenberg's 1995 masterpiece, Crash. One of the horniest movies ever made. One of the horniest films ever made. Also involves cars and sex. 
So we're on, a, we're on a buzz at the moment. We're on a bit of a buzz. <laughs> it's maybe a bit worrying for people <laughs> from the, looking in from the outside, but be you know be assured. Stay with us. Well, I promise it won't get too weird. Stay with us. It is a, it is a very clear conclusion at the end, mm-hmm. and we're going to find out what that is in the next recommended film. The episode. next two episodes. The next two episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we we'll leave it there. We we'll leave it there. So, good night and God bless. Bye. Bye.